Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, May 28th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 400. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) 400! An achievement the likes of which the world has never seen. There's a lot of comedy here because we recorded a different version of this intro when we started this podcast 18 hours ago. Uh, and no, I said 400 and it was dead silent. Nothing. And I complained. I came in with a horn, uh, like I saw three beats later. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, what the fuck is Patrick doing? What, did, what was that noise Patrick made? I still don't know that it sounds much like a horn. Well, thank you, Patrick, for 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 bringing us here. That was Rob. That was Patrick. That was Kato. Before we get into anything else, so 400 is a lot of episodes, and I mean, obviously we've done more like 580 episodes or something. Kato, and we've planned that episode yeah. 400. We always uh-huh. planned this. This was, <laughs> this was oh. all according to plan. Just fucking <laughs> Ozymandias out here making yeah, plans. Be, you think I'm one of your Republic serial villains? Um, <laughs> including no. all every time we would do a podcast that was not numbered. Specifically, specifically to lead to this moment. I, this is kind I of launched fun. A, I yeah. launched a direct consumer pivot for Waypoint twenty minutes ago. <laughs> Hang on, let me just check the URL. I'm not <laughs> sure. Didn't. Uh, I didn't is, check. Uh, hold on, you guys. Does, I this is live. does the left hand know what the right hand is doing? No. Is it? Does it matter? Because they both doing the right things anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Episode four hundred. For literal years, people have been asking us. Why don't you just let us give you money? We like the podcast. We like it when you stream. We like the articles. Can we give you money? And what we have said, we've looked down on them and whispered, <laughs> no. <laughs> they won't and ex- let and ex- us. And, and, it, and reality, an executive yes. advice looked down, yeah. looked down on them and whispered, we don't know how to do that. We don't <laughs> know how to do that. And so, uh, thanks to Jason Kebler from Motherboard. Jason Kepler was like, yeah, you just go over there. Here, I figured this out for this newsletter we do called, called The Mail. You guys want to do this? You guys want to do this? You guys want to do yeah. this? Hey, there were some people who said no to letting you do this, and they're not here anymore. <laughs> Magic Johnson voice, they ain't going to be here. <laughs> we could do it when they're not here. We could just sneak it through. Uh, we didn't sneak. Well, we I would say we there was an opportune moment, and we said, yes, let's jump on it while the fire is hot. Let me just get out of the way. Waypointplus.memberful.com slash join. Waypoint Plus is where you can go to subscribe to bonus content from us here at Waypoint. Bonus episodes of shows we used to do, like <laughs> Waypoint 101. 
Do you remember when we used to play games that were exciting to us, even though they weren't new releases and we got to talk about them? What if we did that? And also Patrick got to like interview some people on the side to do some like extra contextual work to it. Maybe do we you commissioned remember- an essay for it to go on the site that was right. related to the podcast. Yes. That we do talking about it. Yes. Do you remember when we used to do waypoints and talk about stuff in pop culture? But what if we did like a more reasonable version of that? And it was like, <laughs> didn't take up so as much time. So that we can time. slowly waypoints is going back. Time. Not the way you remember it. It's a bit like a doppelganger waypoints that might make you uneasy <laughs> with a sense than- of uncanny familiarity. But it's better for us because it won't become so crushingly burdensome. And there's a business model to support it now yes. that we can stick with it and have those fun conversations <laughs> without maybe waypointing it. It's to death. <laughs> to death. We it'll be bigger than the original waypoints, which is the like ten minute segment where we all talk really fast at the end of a podcast, but smaller than the how did this turn into a three hour waypoints episode? <laughs> seven parts. Seven. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, do you remember when we used to stream? Well, <sighs> this is going to let us. Okay. So the th- two things I just said, those are subscription bonuses. Those podcasts are subscription bonuses. Five bucks a month. You'll get bonus uh, podcast content every week in, in the month that you're subscribed. Um, uh, some stuff though, like Waypoint has never been, Waypoint has never been just like, we want to only take money from people and those people get the stuff. And that model of subscription didn't really make sense to us. Um, and also like when you do, for instance, live streams, you want a lot of people to be able to come through and hang out and watch that stuff. We know that people are invested in, for instance, Tactical Tuesdays is a thing. I'd like to play some more (laughs) XCOM with you, Rob. And so we're committing to a couple of streams a month right now. That number goes up the more people subscribe because we can justify doing live streams, which frankly are not very profitable. But when we can say, look, all these people are giving us money so that they can watch us stream live or watch VODs, even if you don't necessarily personally do that, we can point to your subscription fee and say, look, they knew that that videos were coming. It lets us do those live streams again. Yeah, like uh, the argument was always, yeah, your community's nice and all, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really like justify the time you're spending on that. Yeah. What we really need is another article that is going to appear in Google search results and a billion people are going to click on, possibly because it makes them angry. And we were like, what if we just did something that people at found you, fun? you, by the way, angry at yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, Rob. Exactly. And so, and so, yeah, this enables us to do more of that stuff. And long term, as it grows, hopefully, if it grows, maybe it falls apart. Like everything we do here in the world, it's uh, uh, conditional. It's, it's, it's who could say if something succeeds or fails. I, I have confidence in us because y'all have been such a strong community, um, uh, for so long that, that I, I, I'm confident, but who knows? Maybe, maybe six months from now, we look back at it and go, like, that was a really fun experiment. Thanks for helping us try it. We just didn't hit the numbers. I would like to be, I would like that not to be the case. And the only way that that can happen is for us to keep making cool stuff for y'all to help us make cool stuff by going to vice.com slash waypoint plus. Um, uh, is there, are there any other? Oh, here's one. Well, I'm just this, this will unlock say. us. Oh, go ahead. You, you go ahead. What are you going to say? This I was saying, well, this unlock. Well, I guess now we can say we're going to get together. Yeah. Because of this, you and Rob get to come down for E3 coverage in a couple of weeks. And we're doing a big multi day live stream thing. I don't know what we're do during that time, <laughs> but it is, start, it is starting to fill. Yeah, like there are, there are going to be things. Yeah. Uh, but we don't, we got to really figure out. Yeah, for th- yeah for three days to get together. Like we're not doing like all nighters. We haven't exactly figured out the hours, but yeah. like for three days, like during the day, we're gonna get together and like use E3 or lack of E3 to be a justification 
to get together and try out some of these segments, talk to you about Waypoint Plus, like look at trailers, like do, do the whole, you know, we haven't seen each other for a year and a half and yeah. do, I'm very do that excited. thing in person as, as a yeah. part of this. Um, now, I, I was going to say one, one more, one more yeah. plus that mm-hmm. we're, we're unlocking. We're unlocking the full power of uh, uh, an operational battle station known as Kato. <laughs> as Kato gets to come back full C- time. I'm, I'm the Death Star over here. I'm ready You're to fucking Death blow Star. up Alderaan. And Alderaan is making more streams. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, I don't know. They're not you are, away from me. <laughs> yeah, well, like, so Kato, you came on originally as a social social editor for us. You became our producer. And then you became a producer writ large as you started working on stuff like Cyber for Motherboard. Um, and now it's like, hey, let's use Kato's enthusiasm for video games here as like develop helping us develop these shows, helping us edit these shows, managing the live stream stuff, which which you did such a good job at, dude, during like the last save point stream Thank where you, you kind of like were the the not just like helping us host it literally, but also d- being the router through which it all went through <laughs> um, was was incredibly good. And, like having a whole setup for us to remotely stream, but keep all of the stream stuff going. So like th- you 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 were the key to that. I'm happy to have you back full time on Waypoint stuff. Very excited. Um, that's very excited. I bet. <laughs> so am I. So that's exciting. Uh, no uh, no then, no ill will towards Cyber. That's a great show. No, totally, totally. It's it'll be good to you know. Yeah, be back in totally. my zone, my video yeah. game zone, my oh, gaming. No. We zone. let him back in his zone. <laughs> uh uh-uh. Um, and then and then and then there'll be some other stuff to come, right? I, I we have ideas for fun little things like that we have to look into still and figure out. I will say this is a beta period in some ways. Expect the extremely full, the full <laughs> launch in a month or around E three or something. This was in some the ways. thing. Like I was gonna say, like as you were talking, yeah. I was like. There's so many asterisks popping up in my head because I'm like, I sure hope this all works. Like, I think yeah. that URL is going to be that URL set, right? Yes. Uh, sure. This page is going to work, right? Yeah. It'll take your money, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. We but think so. if there are issues, we are in the beta period. Let us know. Let us know if, so we like, can adjust. We yeah. haven't tested the functionality of this. We haven't done the, uh, what you call it, the dog fooding. Um, I haven't. We haven't kicked. Yo. Dog fooding? I don't know this term. This is a term I got from uh, visual novel Eliza about software development, dog fooding, where you like... Eating your own dog food. Yeah, you you check out how it works. We haven't done that yet, because this is coming in so hot that, like, the site just turned on, and I'm not sure it's all the way on. Right. Right. We'll see. It turned on during this podcast. (laughs) We we got the notification live, so we're, we're here. Um. Uh. There'll also be some more stuff that's community focused. Uh, shout outs to the mods who've who've been great at at keeping keeping the Waypoint community alive after Waypoint as a name disappeared. Uh, Waypoint came back as a name, and all the while the Waypoint community, you know, kept on its on its uh, kind of its core motivation, its core character continued on uh, under the shepherding of the mods across the the Discord and the forum. Um. Uh, there will be some sort of community integration. There should be a place probably on the forums to talk about the Waypoint Plus content with other with other users and stuff like that. We don't want to I, I never want to create a community that is like the haves and the have nots and like the the line between uh in that way. So I don't I don't really want to lean into like special colors on the Discord or something. But we might do something with form flare. We might have like little icons or something. We'll see. We're a lot of this will end up being like in conversation with the people who join the service and, and who want to be part of it because we want to and, make- and, and none of this is stuff we would have done otherwise. Like quite yeah. literally Yeah we could we would not have time, the resource justification, the changing internally of like what metrics are we judged in terms of being being a success. Like that stuff all 
shifts with this to uh, to give us the the latitude to at least try this experiment. Yeah. Um, so like it, just in the in the spirit of the have you know the you know trying to chafe against the the notion of have and have nots, like it, it is quite literally something that would not exist, will not exist unless right. people support it. And that's you know not, if it doesn't work out, you know, hey, we it gave it a shot. Out, that's right. fun, but totally. like it is not the case. Like there's a different world where like without this switch flipped. Like we're we're doing any of those things? Like that's yeah. just not the case. Yeah, and in fact, there are other there are other things that are like in some ways, you know, we 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 talk about the power of of collective action and stuff here, but like as this becomes more and more of who, where are, what are 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 we're judged on? If like, hey, this growth is really good, it it there are other knock on effects that are a little more indistinct, they're intangible in the way of like we like Rob said before, there are articles we won't feel the need to write. Because we'll be instead greenlighting other – or maybe it's the other way. We'll have the leeway to greenlight articles that are a little bit more um, uh, risky in terms of what their what their readership could be because we think that you're interested in it even though we – what we you know a year ago would be doing is greenlighting stuff that we need to hit as wide as possible. Um, that doesn't mean that there won't be as wide as possible articles on the website still. Motherboard still has – has goals, right? Like that stuff still exists, um, uh, to some degree at least. But but there is a degree of like earning a wiggle a little bit, uh, and 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 there will be other ways in which in which the the site gets to be the site uh, in in a different form. Um, if you want to hear more about the process that got us here, <laughs> um, and also some annoying posts on Reddit and Nextdoor and and Quora, what else? Like do we a much talk about? and a much like if you've listened to us talk. Uh, eloquently, hopefully, about Biomutant. Do you want to hear me just coming in hot? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some hot takes. <laughs> Some hot takes. Uh, you can go, again, to... Waypointplus.memberful.com slash join. I'm also going to set up waypoint.zone slash subscribe. But for now... Waypointplus.memberful.com slash join. Which will uh, take you to the subscription feed, and the first thing in that feed will be um, a, a Waypoint After Dark, which is a new show we're testing, Ooh. which is... Waypoint after dark. It bump 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 bow. That's no, that's a horn. Kind of like we just hot mic yeah. mornings, but more. It's kind of like hot mic more, mornings. More alcohol, less coffee. You know. <laughs> yeah, I had. I think I had a beer during that. It won't always be alcohol related because, sure. because yeah, people yeah. are allowed to talk at night without drinking. Yeah, um, it's just it's just uh, this, but the it's the this first of- episode. <laughs> Top button unbuttoned. You know what I mean? A little yeah. more loungy, a little yeah. more relaxed, a little more in, you know in the cut, a little more real in that way. Uh, and so we did a long episode about the arc that got us here and more of our thinking into what the, the philosophy behind it will be um, a little more sober in, in actual some ways because like having flipped it has given me a buzz. The switch being flipped has made me <laughs> more excited than I was when we recorded that a week ago when I in the back of my brain I was like – yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll do this podcast. I'm excited about it, but it could all it could all fall apart at any point. So, um, so yeah. Thank you again for your support. Uh, it, it means the world for us that 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 y'all have been like, you know, repping us for so long. Um, uh, we hope that you'll join us on this on this journey. I like. I make this appeal in that waypoint after dark episode, but like the people, the higher ups advice, not Jason, above Jason, and even above above Jason. There are num- people who are like. Well, I wonder if they could. I wonder if they could hit X number, and I don't. I want to hit X plus some. I want to hit that number. I want to crush that number, um, and I think that we can. It, I think that people. It's like I don't. It's hard to communicate what the the positive vibes have been from y'all for so long, and for people in business suits to understand that. 
outside of looking at raw numbers. And so I would love to just like hit the hit charity streams have been one window yes, into that. Yes. Like has always been like there's always a company wide email that goes out that's like so those weird you like, know do wait, you remember wait, do we still have do we still have that vertical what do we call I don't know. They raised like $100,000. We don't really understand what for or how, but (laughs) we're now forced to send a company-wide email saying they did a good job. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So outside of that, it's been rare that we can convince them that the things we do here are valuable in that way because it just doesn't quantify in terms that they understand. Um, And so if we can just blow their expectations out of the water, it would be really rad. Um, which is, you know, this is kind of a, a very direct, bald faced appeal. I, I'm, I, what, what pride? Leaving at the door, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here and nakedly asking you for financial support to let us do cool shit. Well, and and I, I make this point on the on the after dark, but I guess that's you know a pod that you, you'll get as you, uh, you know, if you choose to subscribe. But like the point I want to make is that like one reason we felt awkward when we did like Twitch streams and we turned on yeah. like subs was like, we don't, people were like, so is this, will this help you? Is this like the, is this where I could throw the $5 and you get to do more stuff? And I was like, not back then. Really? The answer was nothing helps us, uh, <laughs> but like we didn't do like, what you that- want. It won't matter. And that's the reality <laughs> that we're living through too. Uh, but now, but it's true, but it's true. Like we didn't, it was hard to get full, fully invested in that because we couldn't, even if there was a hundred subscribers, five hundred subscribers, a thousand subscribers, there was no guarantee that unlocked any sort of like latitude of editorial yeah. independence yeah. or movement. And like the whole point behind this, we're like Rob. Like I've had specific meetings where like Rob's time is going to be different and spent differently. Where expectations with management and like executives are like judged differently because we're putting our time into this. And like this is a thing where you know no. Subscribing to this does not necessarily like go into our pockets, but in in the general sense of like it free like literally as we hit milestones along the way, it will it will quite literally free up our editorial independence to do. And I should also say like I gen I I get to do a lot of what I want. Like I don't want to make it sound yeah. like a, like completely like you know uh, uh, like shackly. Like we get a lot of freedom working with Emmanuel and Jason to do a lot of cool stuff. But in like the like the mo- like old ass like you know o- you know original waypoint like a lot of that stuff that people fell in love with this th- this qu- quite literally financially can unlock the ability to do more yeah. of of that stuff and if it goes behind our wildest dreams you know then you start thinking about we'll being see. able to hire folks in, in that and other stuff get, um, yeah, exactly. you know but we'll we'll get there as we get there waypoint plus waypoint plus dot slash join please please give us your support. Again, as as open as I can be, he's uh, just a podcast host standing in front of an audience. <laughs> yeah, with a hat, asking in my hand. them to love her and please subscribe at please. Wait, slash join. Thank you. So that said, uh, how was everyone? How's everyone doing? How's everyone's week been? Everyone, how, how well, are I mean, the vibes in the, the room? The early, like earlier, I had no answer to this because I was like, uh, panically <laughs> trying to get this thing off the ground. <laughs> uh, it's a waypoint like solution that we've arrived at, isn't yeah. it? That's how that's how it feels. Patrick, how about you? Hmm. See, I'm great. I but I already told my my good story. I was like, I slept till seven ten this in. morning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh Like the both, both children didn't bother me. I I woke up naturally uh, as I begin my uh, six day solo dad stretch. So I'm I'm great. Like I'm good. Like if I made it to that in the morning, yeah. everything else is gravy. Everything at this else point. is great. Yeah, sure, <laughs> totally. Um, 
I wish well, I was a Dragon Quest fan. They seemed very excited last night. So yeah, what happened with Dragon Quest last night? I missed all this. Six announcements. Six announcements. Um, six announcements. Uh, I don't think I don't know if I maybe I can, let's see if I can rattle all six off the top of my head. So there was an expansion to Dragon Quest Ten, right at the uh, online uh-huh. the MMO that has never come yeah. out here. Um, and it was very funny because they were doing a simulcast stream as opposed to what Nintendo oh, or other right. Japanese uh, companies will often do, which is like, hey, stream for the uh, like Je- the Japanese or like Asian audience and then stream mm-hmm. for, um, you know, outside of that, given that some things may not be coming or coming much later, yada, yada, yada. But so they did a simulcast stream and people have really wanted them to bring out the MMO because apparently it's like pretty decent yeah. and good yeah. and they like they've teased it a couple of times they're like it's oh maybe very cute yeah and I've, I've heard positive things like over the years that it's, it's like got some of the best storytelling in that series you know not that that mm-hmm. series is like necessarily like hmm. you know known for for that but I've heard like some of the best stuff that happens there anyway long story short they're, they're showing all these people like this is it this is gonna finally like now is the time for uh you know this to come out in English and then like right as they're announcing like oh we're you know working to get this out to you as soon as possible like text pops up in the corner that says like uh oh what because I made a joke about it last night was that there was a specific phrase that everyone was using was uh there are no plans for a worldwide release nobody oh. said that it's just text in the corner oh uh, heartbreak city that's rough and then the, the second announcement I believe. Uh, was uh, Dragon Quest uh, like uh, offline? So hey, you just want to play right. the story, not deal with that. This is like a separate. That's the version that they just bring over. That's what people thought. They're like, oh, okay, this was just kind of like a curveball, like a jokey joke. And it's like, no, and like still not, still not coming over. Fuck. Um, and then they announced uh, was it Dragon Quest <laughs> Treasures, which was like a kid oriented one that's coming from I forget the designer but like it, it seemed fine uh yeah. the the one that like people were really hyped for was the uh they're essentially doing the octopath traveler aesthetic I don't know if they're using the engine or not I didn't I didn't see enough details on that to it see if it's actually a little distinct from that to me so I think it's probably a different ah hmm I don't know maybe it is it is it's HG2D it does say HG2D right which is which is the phrase the that um square phrase. has used for uh octopath and yeah they're applying yeah, that sort of yeah. uh aesthetic approach of like I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I guess HD2D, but, you know, it's kind of, I guess it's hard to articulate exactly what that, it's all, poly, it's, you know, it's all sprites. Um, it's all sprite characters, and then it's a polygonal world, but the polygonal world also has texturing that yeah. makes it look like 2D spaces. A lot of it. It's not really all neat. Of it. You know, once you yeah. think, look at that, and imagine, a, looks, imagine a slime is in it. It looks I think great. It, this looks better than, I think, the previous 2D HD stuff. Well, because, Maybe, and also because I think I like the art better, right? Like, that's I, what, I think, well, like, I, and I think that the art just works for – I think that the art is – like, it's not in the old-school Final Fantasy design. It looks like old-school Dragon Quest art, and yeah. it really does. Like, they kept the slime looking like the slime. Do you and know it's what colorful. I mean? I think, I think it's, it's like, very like, bright I think a huge part of it is that the colors really yeah. pop, Um, and whereas, like, Octopath is a little more – it's not, like, grimdark. It's a little muddier. It's, it's meant it's, to be. It's, it's, muddier. A, it's browner. It's supposed to feel like that. And, yeah, this is bright. And, you know, I, I, have, I haven't checked back in on Dragon Quest Eleven in a few – I guess, like, a month and a half now. I'm like – 40 hours into that game and want to go back to it i like kind of hit like a good a good breaking point i was like i'm gonna take a break for now um but but that really made me excited to be someone who falls in love with the with dragon quest so i'll play this this is exciting and this drops i'll have an excuse to play it and i'll play a lot of it probably well and and, you know i I think a lot of people myself included wait was this given a date for the for this was said they didn't say a date but they said it will be on it it, you know it's gonna come come out everywhere um yeah um, and I'm sure it'll be on like every 
platform imaginable. Um, oh, right. Actually, probably. Like, you know, uh, I'll play Microsoft, it on Switch, though. That's where I would like to play it. So. Probably on Switch. And Microsoft seems to be interested in, like, making, like, that and Final Fantasy a franchise that is, like, on Game Pass a lot. Like, I wouldn't right, be shocked if that sure. game just popped on Game Pass immediately as a way of, like, broadening the audience of of that franchise. Anyway, like, I, I don't care for Dragon Quest whatsoever, which is, it, that's just, never, I grew up on Final Fantasy, and, like, that yeah, became, yeah. like, my mainline uh, and like all everything under the square umbrella, like give me like you want a, a Chrono Trigger sequel or even just a remake in that style, like that. Like I would love for them if they're going to revisit. If I will, I'm never going to get my Final Fantasy six slash three like remake. Like I'm just never. It's never going to get that treatment like Final Fantasy seven style. But playing Final Fantasy six with the two D HD would be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I hope Square adopts that as sort of like their way of revisiting older games because their other ways of releasing those games have been bad. Like if you've looked at like people have to go and fix squares re-releases on places like steam where they've done like mobile ports of final fantasy six that they then, they then put on the PC and the fonts are terrible. I, I don't know the state of that stuff these days, but I know generally mm-hmm. square has done a bad job. So I hope they do that with the rest of their, their work. And then uh, I think I'm missing one, but whatever the last big one was, uh, the new uh, proper Dragon Quest. So 12, is that where we're at now? That's the... Uh, 12 is the, would be the new one. I don't yeah. know. I forget the sub. The Winds of Fate, something like that. It had a fire close. logo. It, the Flames. Yeah, uh-huh. the, flames the Flames of Fate. Of fate. <laughs> All right, there we go. That makes more sense <laughs> with the fire. And they like said something very specific that I will be super curious to see what they actually be. They said, it, oh, we're making, we're making a Dragon Quest for adults. I was like, okay. What is... Huh? Mm. Huh. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, they said they're still going to have the turn-based, like, classic combat with some changes, but it, you know, I feel like once you, you, you drop that phrasing, you are suggesting to the audience that they should buckle up that something about it might be Yeah, I'm really curious what that means, because so much of what makes, I I think you can do it, I just hope that they don't, there is something I guess I just don't know what it means, like, oh, tonally, like, we're just not going to be, like, goofy adventures fighting a big wizard that's trying to defeat the world. I mean, the thing is, like, it's not that Dragon Quest hasn't done stories that also do deal with, like, generational drama and, you know, you know, their their history. It's not like they've never touched bigger They're they're, they're just less less melodramatic and less character driven. Right. Yes. Correct. Correct. It's a warm experience, even if it's a it's a. It's a dangerous one or something. And so I, I hope that they don't trade that bit away. Who knows what they mean? You know, also. They may say that and all of a sudden it's still like, you know, a cutesy slime. But this time the slime's got a a sword or I don't, you know, I don't know. Who I I just think it was very funny. It's they, funny. Because the trailer was sort of like dark, you know, like the flames were a little. It yeah, wasn't whimsical. And, uh, yeah, yeah, true. But, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, and if you look at the. You know, the trailer for the new Final Fantasy. Um, right. Like right. that one also has like a, a, a you know, sort of darker uh, aesthetic. Uh-huh. Um, so it's very it's, funny. I'm reading I'm reading Berserk right now um, uh, because Miura, who is the author and artist of it, uh, recently passed. And I've never read it. And I'm like deep in I'm like more than halfway through it, like overnight, basically. Um, and imagining some of the truly, truly dark shit in that game, but in a, or in that uh, uh, manga series, but in a, a Kira Toriyama style is just very <laughs> stupid to me. And my my brain is conjuring some very gruesome images, but it's, everyone has big googly eyes and Goku hair. And it's very funny. Ugh. Anyway. Dragon Quest cross. Uh, berserk. berserk. Let's go. Uh huh. <laughs> That's right.
I don't think Akira, I don't think Akira Toriyama has ever made anyone as pretty or evil as Griffith, unfortunately. So <laughs> anyway, um, can we talk about can we can we talk about Biomutant? Sure. I I, I briefly gave I it came up it came up yeah. Austin yeah. earlier this Last week. week. Yeah, uh, and, right. yeah, and I mentioned like I think Austin's got a lot more thoughts. I don't want to speak for him. I know he's got some real problems with the narrative. <sighs> he, I, I played ninety minutes, and then he played like six hours. And I'm at his, eight. I'm at eight hours I, now. I'm, I'm getting back. there. I'm getting okay. there. And okay. uh, that communicated to me, I don't need to do this. Like you've right. got this. I can, yeah. I can be your context clue in the conversation to get a, yeah, to talk about violence. Yeah. And we seemed like we were at a place where. We're good. Like, we don't need to touch this game again. The reviews came out, kind of reaffirmed our general feelings on the game. Yeah. And then last night, I get uh, an image from you that's like, it just says, uh, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going back in. And this is a <laughs> screenshot of the title card <laughs> for Biomutant. And my response is just, no. And you didn't respond. <laughs> it's just like respond. N- nothing. I was busy playing Biomutant. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So tell me before you get into why. Yeah. I want to start with the why. And then maybe that will lead us to discourse happened because discourse happened and my footing was was shaken. Okay. I was pretty sure I knew exactly what I was going to talk about with this game at the beginning of the week. And I didn't come on the the first podcast of the week. Um, I took a day to rest, recover, work on some other stuff and, um, you know, recover from the hard work of podcasting <laughs> about video games. Hey, don't don't sell yourself. It's short. it's hard work. Yeah, no, it's it's work. Um, if uh, you sell yourself short, then it's going to make all of our jobs harder. You're too. right. <laughs> you're right. True. 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 Um, and uh, the reviews for this game hit, and the reviews are 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 mixed. Right, mixed to, to actually they're not mixed. They're middling. It's but I think more. I think the the separation point is there were some people that took into more account. Uh, and this is like an interest, like a weird part of like when you review a game is like if you know this game was made by twenty people and you can Which recognize. Which is also wait that number's been going around and it's not right. They right? also they also worked with forty other people who okay. are not part of the core team. So right. like yes, it's a small team. That's what I think the, the way that yeah, we can it's talk still, about still small. it's a smaller team than AAA. All right, let's get away from the development. twenty number because the twenty number but, is but the that number is that ground. number is a weapon. All right, yeah, and it, yes, all right. But regardless, sixty people, even if you were like to say those were all full timers yes. for a game, of the, I'm sure they're not. Right, that they're, right. they're trying to do. And so I think you saw some people being like, well, it's cool to see an ambitious game not really work with a bunch of systems right. that aren't fully fleshed out. But I Correct. admire what they were trying to do. And if you like playing games that are like flawed uh, ambition, like know that going into it and you might right. have a good time. Defenders and, of the 7.0, you know, uh, yeah. in, in AVD's and I, and classic I, I, terminology. I, I think people should play for... Uh, Sometimes academic and some like re, to play a flawed game to Sometimes better understand you, the games. There that you are, like. there are, there are. I and I actually really believe this with, with every game, but I think around the seven point mark again to just completely steal this from AVB. Um, uh, there is a higher likelihood of something finding a niche that where someone feels very feels like a game is very special to them in that range, um, or or maybe not a higher. Maybe the things that score ten. You know, if you did a some some quantitative analysis, those games would would more on on you know on the numbers 
resonate with people. But there is something, there is something special about that sort of like hidden gem that really touches you and it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit a wide audience necessarily or a wide audience actually shuns it. But for you, it clicks for some reason. There's a, that's a true experience. I never want to invalidate that experience. Then that can happen to a game that, that gets really bad scores. You know what I mean? Like, again, go look at the way people feel about Drakengard. That game did not review particularly well. There, there you know was, what I there mean? Was, there, was, there, was, there was someone that recently, after we said we recorded our uh, Resident Evil 8 spoiler cast, that added right. us to be like, hey, right. I just want to ask up yes. front, like, is there going to be like a ton of you guys dunking on like Resident Evil uh, 6 in this? Because it gets really tiring to listen to people hate that game, and I love that game. And we're like, right. no, like I don't, I don't even think Resident Evil Six comes up. It comes up very mention. briefly, only to to joke about that Chris punched a boulder, a boulder, or right? But right. I think that exactly. is that is like that, that. In some cases, it's a smaller game. In right. so, in that case, it's a high profile game that was that sort of universally derided, and right. exactly. that but becomes a narrative <clears throat> that oh, the game's bad. Nobody liked that. Exactly. Well, it turns out that's you know things are more complicated than that. And so uh, you know, basically. Biomutant comes out. It reviews it reviews pretty poorly. Um, um, I, I will point people to, to to Dia's review over on Paste uh, as an example of of someone who I think gets at that game. What that game gets wrong. Big picture, what it is is a open world action RPG um, where you play a furry, you play a uh, an anthropomorphized uh animal person uh uh or he's an anthropomorphized animal um uh who's living in a post-apocalyptic goop covered um environmentally hazardous world um the the you're far enough away from whatever human world existed that like you kind of have your own societies there are six six or maybe it's eight tribes that cut across this this wilderness um the humans are, left i guess i read that when one of the reviews they explained they more leave, of the backstory okay. that it was like the cute the humans like ruined the planet and said yeah. bye, bye bye and they okay. and, and the the mess they left behind Animals. you know mutated the the existing right. uh, i got some of that stuff through forms. some lore underground in, in one of the bunkers or whatever but I, I think i may have missed the humans leaving bit or maybe that just hadn't hit yet um the the basic gameplay and this is where a lot of these comparisons to larger games come is similar in some ways like the the loop the the broadest part of the loop is similar in some ways to a lot of other open world action games you have a map you get side quests you go to places uh on the map to do those side quests on the way you might come across uh a gas station a ruined gas station and there's a boss or like a mini boss outside and he's part of a, a tribe you're fighting, or he's a bandit, and you fight him and his little and his little goons. And then you go in the then you go into the uh, ruined gas station, and you pick through it, and you find crafting materials, and you use those crafting materials to upgrade your weapons and armor. Maybe you find some new armor, and wow, that's cool. And you end up looking like a goofball. Maybe the, one of the best parts of this game is that all the fashion, all the armor in the game, is is like all over the place. So you almost always look very funny uh, uh, through at least eight hours of play because you're just like. I don't know. I got this skirt on. I got this trucker cap. I got this jean jacket. Actually, it's kind of a vibe. It's kind of a look. <laughs> but you know, all that. But then you also have like a radioactive, a radio ash, radio uh, radiation proof vest on or something, right? Um, and it's just it's it's and a gas mask. And that part of it's I I think that that part of it's very good. Uh, in fact, I think the character creator and then you get a point it kind of towards uh around hour five. I say I was where I hit the point where I could also just re create what my character looked like to someone. I could change their musculature and body shape, which was kind of a weird thing to say, but you could just do that about five hours in. I guess that for me, it was five. I found it like five hours in. Um, 
And the combat and, you, you know, all that stuff feels pulled from various influences or drawing on various influences, uh, uh, ranging from, like, you know, um, Max Payne, because there's bullet time in this game, yeah. to, like, <laughs> Devil May Cry, um, except it's it's less rapid. There's a more pa- – there's a slower pace to how you have to attack. Anyway, all this stuff comes out. And I, I, when I first play this game, like, I really dislike it. I think my initial messages to you, Patrick, about this game were, like, Oh, I was like, I was hyped for this coming in because there had been so much build up over the years at PAX. Year after year at PAX, people came to me and was like, "Did you play Biomutant? That game's kind of dope." And I was like, "And it is very pretty. Like, it, it's, it's very it's, pretty. The world I think is, is gorgeous. I like, I like the, the landscapes, arts. especially are really good. Yeah, the character design is really cool. Um, but I had a few things that initially hit me really wrong, and I was like, not having a good time in those first like did four you, or five did hours. You know, you could turn off the narrator." You can't actually. You, you can't, can't actually. Told me you could. You can. You can turn him off for things he says in the world. He uh, still does now. He still does dialogue narration the same. Oh well, that, way. that's the actual this. problem. <laughs> that's the actual problem. I yeah. like him in the open world. So I'll talk about the narrator in a second. My point is, I had all of these things that I was like frustrated by, and I put the game down. And then the game scored so bad that you had people rushing to its defense and saying, "Hey, this is a little baby game. Don't, don't." Treat it like it's like the new Ubisoft joint, to which I have two different feelings. One is it's probably right to set expectations properly, but two, it's also probably good to scope your game according to what you have available to you. Right. And so many of the issues here feel like scoping problems, um, especially with just how much of the game there is. It's, it's a, it's there's a, huge there's so world many map. systems where it's like, if this just wasn't here and instead you'd put all the resources. You know, if I'm just imagining like resources yeah, like a uh, wand, yeah. uh, you know, we but know it, it isn't. But there, but there are ways in which you prioritize for real. So. It, but it, it does feel like it was like the, the game is a, a grab bag of ideas that if it had spent, you know, if half of those were given the the full the full extent of right. of like development and implementation and like being uh, woven in with the the you know everything that exists in the game, it would have made the whole thing stronger as opposed to a, <laughs> you get a, a bunch of mech like two hours into this game. <laughs> that mech feels hmm. mostly fine i wish they didn't make that mech whatever time you spent on the mech i wish you had spent on the core combat design because that's mostly what i'm doing right. in that game is fighting people and it doesn't feel good um so yeah so the point is i went back i had a better time with these final few hours because certain systems six hours into the game five or six hours of the game finally started to like develop enough that i could use them um things like the crafting system where you're taking like you're taking all these bits and bobs that you've learned how to make and sticking them, or I guess you found the bits and bobs and you're spending crafting resources to attach them to your weapons and like rebuild your weapons. So if you have a gun, for instance, it has a a grip, a stock, a receiver, which is like the main, what type of gun is it? Is it a shotgun? Is it a rifle? Is it a, a pistol? Whatever. A barrel, some additional, like a scope, a magazine, some additional add-ons. All of which sounds like I'm talking about a Call of Duty game. But it, you have to think about all of this in like a neon-colored Mad Max world, right? Where it's like, <laughs> and all the stuff is like, you know, my gun has a has a pist- has a drill grip as the grip. You know, or my my gun has a big, there's like literally a big box of ammo stuck on the bottom as a magazine. Um, uh, or likewise with all the armor stuff, you're attaching, you know, bits of a stop sign and giant, um, giant safety pins and stuff like that as additional armor because you're you're just a little guy, and so a lot of stuff in the world is very big, right? Um, and and like that system develops a little bit, but all the stuff that I was frustrated with, and I'll start going over that in a second. Uh, it was still there and it didn't it didn't really improve. 
I think truly the thing that is the that makes it so hard for me to connect to this game, the thing that if they change this one thing, I would give it another five or six hours, is the narrator. Um, is, is the way voice acting works in this game. There is a there is a an Attenborough esque narrator. That is what they're going for. Hmm. Um, uh, in which this guy's voice describes the world as you do stuff. Uh, the sun goes down and he or the sun comes up and he says, you know what they say? Uh, it's always brightest when it's dawn. And it's like a little half joke about a phrase that's not actually that, but that he says it weird. And that's like, haha. Uh, or he, you know, you 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 go into a really hot place and he's like, uh, you know, be careful. You'll get yourself scorched or whatever that I did like a game show voice. there, not an Attenborough voice, but that's like the sort of thing he's doing. Mm. And. He is how all of the dialogue in the game gets rendered vocally. This is key. You go up to meet (laughs) someone um, and uh, and talk to them. And they, you know, in any other game, what happens is I go to Rob. Rob has a quest for me. This is very funny because Patrick ranted about this on Monday. Okay, well, I'm going to rant about it. No, I I want you to keep going. I'm not going to stop you. Okay. (laughs) Rob says, I want you to go kill three wolves. And in fucking Bio Mutant, David Attenborough goes, he wants you to kill five wolves. But, oh, and also, <laughs> uh, right, also, <laughs> yeah, because uh, Paka, as if it's KOTOR, right? It, like, literally is just, like, dropping in alien noises from KOTOR. All you have to do, honestly, you write that shit in dialogue form and leave in the animal noises, I'm fine with this game. I don't need it all to be voice acted. If it, the guy just goes, Mushishakapaka, and then I, and, and then it says, I want you to kill three wolves. Perfect. But because it all has to come through this character, this narrator's voice, and because it has to come through the narrator's, I mean that both literally the voice actor, who's doing a good job, but also with what he's being told to do, but also through his voice, his written voice, everything becomes so flat. It's characterless. The, the sound, the, the way that the threat from the big hulking wolf man is given, it feels the same as the, the nice, you know, uh, inventor guy telling you to go re- help repair his mech and he'll give you his mech because it's all Attenborough being like, he looms over you and threatens your life. And then, and then saying like, he offers you a hand if you do him a favor. And that's not, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> so every time, like both times I've heard about this now, like the weird thing is, it feels like it should work. Like every each time I hear, it, I'm like, it's a cool idea. I'm reminded of like Bastion, where the narrator is kind of like talking over what's happening. I also don't um, think it works in Bastion, and I know that makes me an outcast. I yeah. know this, <laughs> um, but also like okay, or like a cool like children's TV show, like in sure. um, Thomas the Tank, where like the narrator is actually though he is voicing all the characters. That's the but crucial he's thing. Voicing and, them, he's yeah, not. They're all his voice, but right. he is. You can hear. That's like, he's how doing you read quotes. a book to a child. When you read yeah. a book to a child. You don't do uh, – I was thinking of a child's book, and I was going to say Sauron because uh, that's what I'm – Pete the Cat, Pete the Cat, Peppa the Pig. Peppa the Pig, right. You don't say like, well – and then Peppa the Pig – I actually don't know how Peppa the Pig is written. This is the thing. But you don't you – don't, you actually try to embody that, that yeah. character. Yeah. Right? If you have yes. a villain, you you drop your voice and you say what the, the – I'm going to get you, Peppa the Pig. I don't think Peppa the Pig has an antagonist Well, no, but, but the, I get the equivalent was there, there's this like small like a Star Wars for kids book that I read. There you go. Like, there's about like Leia like just like fucking with Darth Vader. And right. every time – I've you know read it dozens of times and like I don't want to do the Darth Vader voice. Like I just don't. And like we'll get like three pages in and then I'll get like a tap on my shoulder. Like, Dad, like 
Do the voice. Do the voice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why don't you know, do like, the voice? <laughs> you got to do the voice. And yeah, if you're not going to do the the voice, then 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 why are we reading this book? And, and and in this game, it'd be it'd be one thing if this it was occurring like, hey, big picture moments like main characters. The narrator zooms in and is going to to kind of take this in and, and like give it some I don't know some gravitas. But it's like yeah. when you're like, when you see a city. And this is where it graded on me to the point that I was like, ah, all right, now to, I'm going to power down this Xbox. Was like, oh, like, here's the city. I'm going to go talk to the inhabitants, get some of the color of the world, um, which isn't even to pick up side quests or anything like that. It's literally just to, like, mm-hmm. get little bits of, of world building. And it still does that for, like, there was, you know, hopefully I'm not repeating myself. But, like, there was one person I came up to and clicked on, and, like, it, you know, the narrator is just like, they really enjoyed talking to you. You seem profound and interesting. And it's like, did I, did that... What? Like, and especially when you just want to like tap A to get through a thing, like they could have just said, nice to meet you. Like, mm-hmm. welcome to my city. And that could have just been, and it just, it, it, it takes a thing that I understand you rob and why, why these developers on paper, both from a production standpoint, easier to have like one voice that's doing all of the narration and a lot of the, the, the heavy lifting on the, the world building and storytelling, but it just hap- like happens everywhere to the point where then it discourages me from wanting to talk to folks unless I absolutely need to from like a quest uh, perspective it feels like somewhere in an early pre-production meeting someone said oh the world is just animals and there's no uh humans anymore what if it was like an animal burrow documentary correct that's exactly right kato (laughs) yeah and here's the thing there's another angle to this that i think is like the elvis character was frustrating me no no no, i'm not gonna talk about the elvis character um it is like (laughs) It's one thing when it's like you come into a place and the Attenborough voice says, it's Peekaboo Park. Young ones love this sort of space or this sort of place. That's okay. I'm like, I'm like, it's not okay. I mean, I think that's actually fine. I think that's the perfect place for it is describing the yeah. world. You go into a new area. He gives you a little detail. I don't have to, I don't have to go creature. read a signpost that tells that to me. A hundred percent. It is delivered as exposition through this convenient narrator. Right. I think it's a little bit worse when he says, this one seems to be, you meet someone named Captive Spirit who's in a, who's in a, a, a cage being hung up from, uh, from a few feet in the air and you rescue him and it's his captive pilgrim and he says, this one seems to be in good spirits despite being left here for dead. Has, uh, has heard that you, not he has heard even, or they have heard, has heard that you have a sense of compassion and trust you and trust it in your, it's in your nature to help those in need. Like that's already not great because mm-hmm. it just takes me out of, I would so much rather just chirp, 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 chirp. And then underneath it says, I've heard about you. I hear you have a good nature, which isn't how he would speak, but you know what I mean? Right. I, right. I hear you're a good person. Uh, thanks for helping me out. It's um, like they didn't even follow through on the, the what that it seemed like that core idea was of like right being a third well, and then, person observer it's like talking to you the player directly which wouldn't like Ardenborough does it like wouldn't do when describing things that are happening in a nature quote-unquote nature documentary so it's like not even well, working then on that combine that level, right right and then combine that with the fact that this game is just extremely and weirdly orientalist. Um, <laughs> there are six tribes. The first two you meet are a sort of pastiche of Southeast Asia and fake samurai. Um, and one of them is like super peaceful man and and in and in tune with nature and and the world. And the other one are are you know a terrible warlord samurai. Um, who who crave power? Um, and 
and also let's let's again be clear that like all of the combat in this game is called Wang Fu for some uh, reason. Every time, uh, every time they, actually, there are this game is full of the goofiest like f- like proper nouns to just like there are like sequences where like the game is like oh I, I was trying to find yes. a screenshot I tr- I thought I'd taken a screenshot of something that t- I wanted to just repeat the words because they were so absurd and I I can't find it but it was just like every. Like yes, I know, I know every proper noun they'd come up with to describe the world and the things. And it was just like, look, I can tolerate like I have a really high tolerance for like, you know, bullshit. Like I love fantasy and sci fi. And like uh-huh. every, this sounds just like gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of but it's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of, of stuff that you would. It's weird because it's not quite doggo. You know what I mean? It's not uh-huh. quite small bean, but it's it's like you go that direction and turn left to get to. Like, I, I really we have to find we have to find some stuff that like hits this. I will a try to bit. find it in a. In Please a, try in to a find clip. me some yeah. examples. I should have taken screenshots. They should have sent a poet to take notes. Um, <laughs> to be like, Ugh. uh, but but when you then uh, apply the Attenborough voice to these like racialized tribes, mm. which again are not. There's no, as far as I can see, narrative reason why this tribe is samurai tribe. This tribe is is India tribe. The third tribe I met was not that. It was I think it was America tribe. It was a bunch of football players, um, a bunch of guys in football gear. But oh, that again, feels like, bad. Oh, yeah, that that makes yeah. it real, doesn't it, folks? Yeah, you don't dude. like that. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, <laughs> and and at that point, when you're when you're bringing to bear that sort of pop anthropological voice when you move it from here are some animals to here are people in funny hats uh you really the stakes have changed and you have to start wondering what goes in or you have to think about the way that that hits is what you have to think about and for me it don't hit great because it feels like it's just superficially drawing on real histories in order to to like introduce a sense of the exotic the first peoples you meet here aren't like you and I, you know, is that sort of thing. Um, this is not a game from Asia. I believe this is uh, THQ Nordic is a European studio. I forget where the Biomutant devs are from. Um, Sweden. I, is it Sweden? Yeah, that, that, I think that that's right. 101. I, 101. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, Stockholm. Um, and and I, I, I like samurai. You know I like samurai. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like a reason why you don't just kind of throw them in 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 the way that it's thrown in here uh and it's because it 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 rings false it rings extremely false and now like on top of that let's be clear i also think like the combat is mushy and soft and doesn't feel like punchy in any meaningful way the the i got a little bit i got it to a place where i kind of liked it more when um i went back because i like a very i'd read someone say like slow down Stop trying to like button through the combos quickly because the game will miss your inputs basically. And so I got very deliberate. I was like, all right, then I'm going to hit, you know, uh, uh, X, X, Y. And if I did that instead of going X, X, Y, it was a little bit better. Um, uh, and, uh, but, but even there by the end of the eight hour period, I had completely broken. I had not, I like, Found a build that just completely broke the game in a way that feels deeply predictable. Um, they said there's a bunch of types of guns in the game. Guns are meant to be kind of supplemental damage. You kind of just like shoot 
while you're at a distance and then you kind of close in. And I guess, my guess is you can build around is I, I did pick the character class that starts with like good gun skills or whatever. Um, uh, but you, you in general, the way it works is your lower damage guns shoot really quick. Your high damage guns shoot really slow. And so I built myself a shotgun, um, which did a ton of damage, but had, you know, a two and a half seconds between shots. So it was like, it seemed pretty well balanced. Shotgun. And then I, shotgun, you know, video game shotgun. Uh, um, <laughs> fuck, that's a good name for something. Uh, the, then you, you, the thing I remembered is that there's a super mode that you can activate. Anytime you, you land three special combos, uh, and you unlock the special combos through a, a kind of a skill tree, a very simple skill, really a skill menu. Um, uh, and they're weapons, you know, based on like the, I had to unlock the shotgun one by itself. And that's like, do two, I think it's actually like dodge, do a melee attack and then hit the gun button. And then you'll do a special attack. And they all have very goofy names. Also, those are all named things like, you know, diving hawk or, or, you know, swooping owl or I forget what my main one is called wicked wolf with the, with the two handed sword. <laughs> Um, uh, and those are all like, those are all kind of cool. I like the comic book, a uh, uh, kind of explosion of words when you do them. But if you do three of those, you then go into super mode. I think it's called super Wang Fu mode, or maybe it's just called Wang Fu <laughs> mode. It's, yeah, it's like that. There's not even at least, do they at some point explain why it's called I'm Wang I'm sure Fu? we will meet a Wang Fu master who explains where it comes from. Uh, and that character the, will be in no way problematic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you get that super mode, you can shoot the gun as quickly as you can pull the trigger and it gets infinite ammo for like eight seconds. And so this gun that is doing hundreds of points of damage per trigger pull, I'm now just like, okay, boss dead. Like, like instantly killing bosses that are supposed to take me like a minute or like 90 seconds of really intense combat because it can hit me so hard. It's like, well, all I do is get off three combos and I just instant kill this thing. The the combat at that point completely fell apart for me. Like I was so cl- I was like doing the the Icarus climb of like oh I'm starting to get this I'm starting <laughs> to get the rhythm on this combat. Oh this is kind of a tough fight. You know I'm only level ten and this guy's level thirteen. But if I if I if I dodge and weave, you know what I mean. If I like figure out the patterns and if I get a couple good parries in, and I was like oh I'm gonna use the super move and then he's dead. Oh okay I see. This game the combat just doesn't is not balanced in any meaningful way. Um, I mean, likewise, like there are all these psychic abilities that don't seem particularly useful. Um, the most useful one that I've seen is there's a bio ability that lets you ma- put a mushroom down. It gives you a little extra jump distance. And like, that's nice. It's just it's it's a messy game. And it, I, I actually do think people there will be people out there for whom it is like their dragon's dogma. Right. There are people for whom it will be the thing that they yeah. that they love. The way it scr- I love. It scratches some some itch related to, you know, whatever. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, the game is, a, even though it's like pulling from a lot of like modern influences, you know, my, my characterization of it is like a, a game that feels like it fell out of like a, a rare pitch document from the N64 GameCube era. The, like, yeah, totally. It, it feels like, and I like, I like those games a lot. It just lacks like, you know, the, the polish that like, you know, Rare got you know, working alongside a Nintendo, you know, during during that era. And so but it's honestly you know. not even the polish for me. I, I put some time to Outward last year, which is similarly one of these games that gets talked about with the with the term Eurojank. Yeah. Um, and I think that that game also lacks a lot of polish, but has a lot of heart and interesting systems and character um, in a way that like almost got me into it. 
And it was a matter of like the wrong game at the or the right game at the wrong time for me. I need to find time to go back to it. Um, oh, you know, and 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 more importantly, I think the thing that this game ends up feeling like it lacks, and it goes back to that narrator thing, is is it has a lot of character in the world and in the items, um, but it doesn't have a lot of character in the characters. And I don't know how you make I don't know how you make a furry game without having a lot of character in the characters. Like the I'm not a furry. I have a lot I have a lot of good furry friends. Shout outs. Um I I have a lot of affection for animal like people. Um I mean I, I don't know what the fuck is I don't I don't live the furry lifestyle, but I but furries appeal to me. I get why you have a cool fox person. I get why why it's cool to be a big bear guy. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um I don't res- no animal in the world resonates with me like that, and so I could never be a furry because but, I feel but like you're gonna distinctly- pick the Hrothgar in Final Fantasy. But I picked the Hrothgar in Final Fantasy, right? Yeah, exactly. Because well, in Final Fantasy, that's the closest thing you could, I could get to a character that felt like me in my heart. That's fair. Right? But I would never say that I'm a lion person. I don't have that in me. Right, right. But the, the build of, of the Hrothgar felt right to me. Um, in any case, in my mind, one of the things that's so so powerful about, about anthropomorphized uh, uh, animal characters is that they're a great vehicle for, for broad-brushed characterization. You got a big wolf guy. That motherfucker gonna howl. He's gonna have a certain. <laughs> there's a lot of ways you can go with it. He could be vicious, but he could also be smooth. But like you have to play with it in that way, um, and, and that's like part of the appeal. Do you know what I mean? You got a big moose person. That motherfucker's gonna be re- reliable and stubborn, right? One or the other, right? You're gonna have that in there, and none of that comes through in this game because it's all fake Attenborough doing again as good a job as he can with the stuff, um, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's such a, it's such a bummer because. I was ready to be, I was ready to log on as the defender. I really truly was twice before the game came out. I was ready to like sing its praises. And then, and then after my revisit to it, where I was like, I'm going to put another three or four hours into this thing. Cause I really want, I really want to know that I believe the thing I'm saying. Um, and, and I, I, unfortunately, I believe the thing I'm saying. And the thing I'm saying is I don't think this game is particularly good. Um, and I really don't think that THQ Nordic of all groups should be like, out there trying to start beef with reviewers over it like oh yeah don't forget listen <laughs> don't forget i remember you shouting out mark not that long ago i know who the fuck y'all are <laughs> um anyway words words from this game a fluff hulk is a thing you could fight mm-hmm. uh when you go to a radar dish for the, for the His a radar friend center was working on a mech ton that needs help defeating the jumbo puff at the end of the west route yes uh, <laughs> yes great one <laughs> A ping dish instead of a instead of a radar dish because it pings things. I just, um, I just okay. found the clip. <laughs> Wiz is still repairing his octopod to confront the Mark Puff that dwells deep down under the surface at the end of the. No, that one's. There's like a specific one that like made me cackle that I'm trying to find here. <laughs> Some of them are like just on the right side of it, and, and but many mm-hmm. of them are not. You know. Uh, anyway, that's Bio Mutant. I can't imagine putting too much more time into it. I think it's and and yet at the same time, I think there is. A great deal of skill in the creation of this thing in terms of the art that has been made for it in terms of what they they uh kind of conceptualized and and i respect the the ambition and reach um unfortunately the grasp just ain't there and that's it's I hate, a bummer I hate because to say I can a, see a, the better a, game. You, yeah, where you play a game and go, I want to play the sequel to this, but like I want to play the sequel to this, which is like there's enough here that I I could see like a I file. Think that there's 
I think there's five patches could make me play this game and really like it. Do you know what I mean? I really do. I, I, I'm that close. I, I think the combat needs a rework. I think that we, you need to pull, you need to let me decide if, and this is a big one, you need to rewrite the game in a more active voice in which the characters are saying things instead of what they're saying is being summarized. Cause I mean, this is the other thing. When I read stuff like that, what it reads like is not the narrator. It reads like, uh, a spreadsheet with all the dialogue in it summarized that you'll get to one day, like, and say, okay, uh, at some point this character will have a line that says, I can sense that you're noble, you know, but for now I'm just going to say that he, that they can sense that you're noble. And, and then when we get to the, the point where we have to like dial in what that character's voice is, we'll do that. And then we'll find a unique way of saying that. Uh, and, and it just, uh, so you get rid of, change that out, you know, and, just a couple and, and of, I would, just a couple of patches, you know, you're just good. a little light work. Just rewrite the whole game. No big deal, right? <laughs> I get it. It's 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 frustrating. It's just frustrating because I can see it. It's so close, you know. Um, it's like it's it's the thinnest, but also the densest metal. A wall sheet of metal separates Biomutant from being a game I I really like, and that's a hard truth to just accept. You know, but I gave it my all. I really did. Yeah, it's, um, it's frustrating to see a, like a game where you you know you don't want to be the like the backseat designers. Like, well, they just made the game that I wanted. Right, totally. I'd be happy, but it can be frustrating. It's also like, sixty dollars. Let me be clear about that. It is not like if it was twenty five dollars. If it was thirty, two thumbs up. I'd be like, wow, they really did it. But I can't. I don't want to spend sixty dollars on this. Right. Um. And I. I. And it's probably worth sixty dollars in terms of hours spent making it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't think that it's like I think the game price economy is really fucked up. But I also know that people don't have infinite money and have to make choices with their money. It's also I think the, are, this is this I think is a, sixty dollars is, is better that, spent on smaller projects, more smaller projects sure. from more people than giving it all to this one game that is currently not at a great place. It's, it is a, a a prime Game Pass candidate. Uh, you know something like that where I think it yes. can, it's it, it is where it were like you know. Throwing aside the natural, unexpected consequences of the rise of these services, right? Just put it, just putting that away because I can't know them. Um, but and it's and, nice not to think about how it's it could nice not be to think about it. Our, and I don't yeah. make games, and I'll just be able to write like, "Boy, this went wrong" in a reflective essay interviewing a bunch of developers. Um, but uh, you know, in, in the sense of what can those services do for games that do do ultimately should be charging sixty dollars for the time. And that was spent building it, but that like we exist in an environment where that's going to create a barrier to people trying a game they would they would otherwise like or be willing to things like Game Pass it's in the same with any any other streaming service. Like once you're just kind of like paying for like a, access to things, your not even necessarily your expectations, but like how you approach a thing is different. And like if you download a game on if you would download Biomutant on Game Pass. You might end up going like being pleasantly surprised, not caring as much that the combat's a little mushy and like just find the thing that you like. And be like, yeah, cool. This is the game I'm playing for the next two weeks because I pay for a monthly subscription to Game yeah. Pass. And like that's worth it. And I think the game, the bio into the world and the same with it, like the tell me why's of the world are like are going to fuel stuff like that as we exist in a world that like continues to exasperate the difference between, you know, uh, you know, a Returnal or an Uncharted and like the amount of money needed Right to to make those things like line up with the expectations of an audience that wants them to have that kind of asset production, and it's like, well, well then where does a game like this exist? Like, I don't want 
necessarily Biomutant to be like a tiny little constrained production if it wanted to no, do this. No, And so I, I like living in a world where they they swung for the fences, even if it was messy as a result. And like, I guess I'm looking for the optimistic view on things like Game Pass. It's like, oh, can games like that then exist because they can be in some ways subsidized by a giant corporation that needs to pay hand over fist for content? Um and like that's that's the world I would like I, you know yeah. like to live in that, that allows a game, like a Bio Mutant two to exist because Microsoft says actually did a really well on Game Pass we'd love for you to make another one you know and this time right. it'll be exclusive to to Xbox or something. But I just know. know there are two other voices in this game. Mm. There's your conscience. I forgot about the light and dark conscience. Oh, voices. that's a terrible system. It's a bad system. <laughs> it's a bad system. You have to go all in on them to get any rewards. You can't like role play a character who makes different decisions because then you don't get to unlock the high level magic which is all tied behind high level good or evil scores also <laughs> it is a hundred percent a do you kill the puppy or pet the puppy morality system great i literally mean that is those are the options when you save an animal it's like kill it or or let let it free or pet it and let it free or something like that and then a little, then a devil voice comes in, and your little devil spirit pops on your shoulder, or the little angel voice pops on your shoulder, and they don't even make you commit. You can always walk it back. <laughs> if you've done the bad thing, you can be like, well, I didn't mean to do something that bad. And the angel voice goes like, I knew you had good in you. And then it undoes some of the bad, like the bad uh, uh, moral energy you just <laughs> you just got because you said you I didn't you mean were to salty. kill this animal. I feel bad about it now. I, it. I know I picked that option. <laughs> It's very funny. <laughs> anyway, um, that's Biomutant. We should take a break and and recover our energy before we, we continue on into the world of games. BRB. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back. Uh, Rob, I want to check in. I want to check in with you. Are you still are you still pushing through the evil within two? I am. Um, I've like I, I think right now I've settled into a decent groove with it. Uh, I've had my first couple of boss battles. Nice. And the thing that um, so th- there's a couple things. One is I was doing such a good job of hoarding resources. Um, and then like back to back boss bottles cleaned me out. Um, and so like I finished, I finished those and suddenly now like this is a much harder game than it was before because like I basically blew through all the ordinance. Um, <laughs> now some of this is, I was so pissed. I tried to, I got a little cute. I went into a room, uh-huh. um, and I was like, this is, this is an encounter room. Like I can see how the battle dynamics are going to be, I think. So I laid traps. The thing that triggered the battle 
triggered a cutscene. When the cutscene finished, all my traps were gone, and <laughs> oh. the ammo I'd spent on it, therefore, was also gone. No. And so I had this entire room. I was like, something's going to come into this room, and I'm going to fucking murder these guys. Because the game had just thrown an earlier challenge where it was this exact dynamic where, like, you start a thing, a timer goes, and then from multiple entrances into the room, enemies start flooding in. And that one I, like, sort of breezed through by creating, like, position one position two position yeah. three yeah. uh and like i basically just like mowed down everyone this one i was like okay here's how i'm gonna run this fight totally different kind of fight by the way it wasn't waves of enemies it was um this giant fucked up spider camera thing uh the obscura uh-huh. and hmm. i hated it um <laughs> and it would it was it was, it was a good fight, but yeah, it wasn't waves of enemies and all my traps are gone. So it didn't matter. Um, and so I just ended up having to basically have a very conventional video game fight of running around in circles and like shooting this thing a lot, um, which is not as interesting as I've set up a bunch of traps using the, the this game's cool trap system. And that's a shame. That's yeah. a shame. But I still like, yeah, it's still just a game where everything is just working for me. I love the whole Psychonauts-esque. You're warping around the world and you're seeing (laughs) other parts of it up in the sky. Um, I am still waiting for the game to maybe get a bit weirder. I think if I had a if I had a complaint right now, it's that. So it's doing the like haunted small town supernatural horror thing. Uh But. Basically, I'm up against a pretty bog standard serial killer with really conventional abilities. Like, basically, it's like, um, what if Hannibal were a wizard with a camera fetish? That's kind of what I'm up against. Um, I'm up against this murderous ascot in a silk jacket. Um, (laughs) And, like, I gotta, like, he is creepy, Uh but just the overall like look of this game, like, Oh, this other part of the small town Americana that's become like twisted and evil. I'm getting a little bit over it. Um, and I'm waiting for the, I feel like that's the game. I can't, it's been a couple years, but I feel like that's just the game. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the environments are in the back half, but I I think that's mostly just, it kind of reminds me of the way like inception never really does like get into the weirdness of dream logic. Yeah. Um, And this kind of feels the same way where it's like the conceit is, yeah, you're in the matrix, but it's going to be a pretty normal world beyond that. And like other parts of the world will be up in the skybox to let you know you're in this area of unreality. But the places you go are going to be like pretty recognizable and normal, like grounded, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that's my one thing is I'm like, it's creepy, but I'm starting to like really like figure out the combat. And with the exception of these boss battles, I'm starting to hit this point where I'm like, you know, these monsters ain't shit. This ain't scary. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, we like I've upgraded my pistol so many times. Oh, I love to come at me. Isn't the best thing in a in a survival horror game to just upgrade your main simple super uh, simple pistol into the OP OP pistol in a horror game that becomes better than the machine gun that they're like limiting your ammo count on is is great. Totally. Totally. I will say that was one of my favorite things at RE8 was you do get a Magnum eventually, which is not ever going to be your main pistol because it uses different ammo. But it's still fun that the strongest weapon in that game is basically just a pistol. And just dropping a boss with like four shots from it is like, yeah, I spent that ammo right. That paid (laughs) off. That feeling is good. Yeah. 
I need to the, go back to Evil Within. I really do. Or two, not one. To be the one thing that's tripping me up a little bit is also I do wonder if now that I've got the weapons upgraded, I am yeah. not. So basically now I'm kind of shit canning a lot of the risks I used to take where it's like I'm going to sneak through these this like, you know, a crowd of monsters and pick them off one by one. And if it goes wrong, it's going to go super bad for me. But like I can thin this herd. Yeah. And that was really scary. It was a lot of tension. And now I'm just like. I'm going to post up on top of the semi and uh, going to take them out with a couple sniper shots. Go in, and yeah. then yeah. I mean, you're just describing every horror game with combat ever made. Unfortunately, yeah. even within two <laughs> did not solve that, that problem. The problem, the way to solve that is you just need to, if you can switch the difficulty mid game is that you kind of need to do it yourself. Like these games always flop on, on this particular. Yeah. Uh, angle. It might just be like if, if ammo were less widely available, I would probably be, a lot more tense uh right now it's it, but yeah it's um it, it still feels really good but like some of the tension is bleeding out and i feel like that's either difficulty tuning it's a it's a combination of like difficulty tuning and then also the way the game is like conceptualized yeah totally totally um we're, well, we're about to enter a, a sonic cycle while we record yeah uh, this podcast i'm very excited Are got- sonic stuff about to drop Oh yeah, the, the big what? Sonic was it thirty fifth anniversary? What, what, what's what year is it for Sonic? Uh, I don't know. It's a big year for Sonic. It's always. I mean, it's look. It's always a big year. For Sonic. <laughs> it's always a big year. For Sonic. Uh, it's always but a big year this for Sonic. this year in particular uh, is they're, they're about to announce a, a bunch of 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 things. So um, I, I'm just excited to see people. I'm excited to see people get excited. That I'm going to choose to be happy yeah. for them, yeah. even though mm-hmm. Sonic is not my my chosen franchise. Um, Mania is really good. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. I don't. Again, I don't like playing those games, but yeah. it was like a well-made, like one of those. If you're into the the, the Sonic, I hope so they I'm make a new Sonic Adventure. What, that's my. That's the thing I want. Man, yeah, I'd play. They I'd should just make one. That. They should just make one. <laughs> just make a new Sonic Adventure. Just make one. <laughs> Sega, just make a new Sonic Adventure. Oh, okay. Sega, hey, Sega, make Sonic get get Bioware to make the Dark Chronicles two. Finally, God. please. Remember Thank when you. they made that game? I do. I never played it. <laughs> I played it Somehow. at a press event. That's the extent of of me uh, playing that game. I believe. Hmm. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Dear Let's Sega Sonic PR, Central, do why, why don't you just make another Sonic Adventure? Thanks. Just make another one. Patrick just make another Advice. one. Bring back. I mean, they bring did back, back Adventure in 2006. Zones. What were those called? Sonic Adventure. They weren't called. They were. They were called Adventure Zones. They were called something zones. They're action stages, and then there were field zones. Field, field zones. zones. Field were those zones. the Knuckles ones? No, no fields, uh, adventure fields, adventure fields are where you're just in the world. Right. Because right, right. Sonic Adventure 1 was an open world game. Because what's the one that people really love of that era? Sonic Colors, right? That's the one. No, Sonic Colors. Yeah, Sonic Colors is later. Later? People did really okay. like that. Yeah. That's a Wii game, I want to say Colors was. Yeah, but I know that people re- like have been like like desperately hoping <sighs> that would get the, an HD re-release. I people could see really yeah, an HD remake game. would make sense. The thing is that that game had a really specific thing called wisps in it that gave you superpowers. Okay. And then they just put with, they kept putting Those wisps in things. Those yeah. are the colors. Um, and it's like, they kept putting wisps in, I think I want to say generations or forces had wisps. And yeah. like, that's, that's fine. But like it, colors, they were colors had the wisps. Let that right. be the thing in the colors universe. I don't need that in generations. I don't need that in forces. Forces though, uh. you can make your own Sonic character which i thought was a fun idea (laughs) and then i looked at a bunch of sonic characters and (laughs) uh was it bloomberg's also out here dropping the switch 4k might get announced in like 
the next week. Okay, uh, sure. What? Come out in September. Damn. Can't read the original. Can't read the actual Bloomer report. Haven't. Have, anyone paying for uh, anyone if you get a Bloomberg, Bloomberg terminal, uh, uh, then you can either log in with me. Sorry, Jason, uh, I don't pay for it. Um, I'm glad we're getting some news updates. Patrick, do you have anything besides news updates today? You got any other games? Uh, you I yeah, the Knockout the City. Game, the uh, I'm still playing that. I talked a bunch okay. about that on. Okay, good. I, I didn't know if you talked on. about it on. Yeah, on no, really like it. Still really like it. I, I started I was, that last night. I got MVP on my first full match. I think I'm done. I think I got to retire. <laughs> <on> cool. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, I want to download the. I've been playing on a PlayStation. I want to download the Switch version because that would give me a chance to like play more matches um, mm-hmm. than I am currently. Um, yeah. I can feel myself going through the same arc with that game that I did with Rocket League, which is yeah. like a really intense love affair for like a month. And then like it just and then just like it turns off. But like it was a really good month. And my I guess is that I'm going to go through the same thing with um, with this. But yeah, I still really like it. The other game I played is uh, Wild at Heart, uh, which is on Game Pass. I believe you it's made on a game bunch. of that. That's weird. <laughs> wow. Uh, or the Wild Heart. I don't know if there's a, a the in the, in the front of it, but it's uh, I played it on Game Pass. It's, Nick Cage and in it, Lord Dern. They get the yeah. Get, they brought him back for this him back. Uh, cutesy uh, Pikmin adventure. It's oh, um, different. Yeah, it's is that Wild what that movie's Heart. about? No, not so much. Oh, weird. Mm. It's uh, close though. It's mm. not. It's not about like a young teenager. Uh, fed up with uh, his alcoholic father and like leaves to go into the forest and then ends up with a bunch of pixie people. You know, the start of that one could happen in the <laughs> world of Wild at Heart, honestly. Um, but then the, the pixie stuff, I mean, no, no, sorry, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so I, I, I really only played Pikmin 1. I didn't really play Pikmin 2 or... Three? That was. I will say David Lynch could have made the thing you just said, though. Sure. Yeah. You know. Why not? Uh, that that could have been. You know, from what I've heard, what happened to like the most recent season of Twin Peaks? Like, there's no reason you couldn't. <sighs> you should watch that. Couldn't season. have gone. There. I know. It's, on my, it's wild. On my, well, I'm not at this point. I'm now waiting for whatever he's doing next, next and that'll yeah. be my impetus yeah. to to finally sit down and do it. Um. Uh, just I'm going to interrupt you uh-huh, just no, for please. one. Se- I just want to yeah. say one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are so lucky to have gotten Twin Peaks the return. That's it. That's it. I just think we're deeply. I complain a lot about the world, about media. I think we are blessed to have gotten that show. That's it. Go ahead, Patrick. Talk to me about this game with with this teen and Pikmin. It's very cute. It has a really great 2D art style. Yes. I did. Uh, strong uh, kind of like double fine vibes yeah. like, you know, like being you know reductionary um, for like a studio vibe as opposed to trying to like describe it as just it looks like a cartoon um, but yeah it, it definitely like reminds me of like playing like a I mean, I know, I know like a costume quest was 3D but I don't know just it, it give me strong like a lot of the art that you see like any like 2D art yeah. that you see like double fine doing like this feels like that transplanted into a, a Pikmin S game so yeah the setup is every all the all the art is like it, it's it's all 2D sprite based stuff but it's all, it's not sprite based in like the retro Pixelated, sense yes but, yes but it's but it's everything is this great sense of texture to it there's been a lot of work spent on like it's not just a green hat. It's a green hat that has a couple of different greens in it and some like distressed marks on it. Every the world feels like it feels like I'm walking in around way. in a graphic novel. Um, yeah, sure. Like it like you know like where uh, yes. yeah, no, where you just have a, a, a higher elevated uh, you know expectation of like the you know detail sometimes and and works like that. Like um, and in any case, yeah. So it, the setup is that you're 
like you, you are this, you know, teenage kid, maybe like, you know, seems like early high school, something like that. Um, you're just sick of your dad. There's beer cans around the, the, the mm-hmm. TV and you're like, I'm gone. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving this place and you're going to meet up with your buddy, uh, Kirby, um, who I presume is not, hmm. <laughs> I, you know, what? Kirby, where this game is uh-huh. going, Kirby's it there? could be yeah. a pink fluff ball in <laughs> the middle of the woods for all, for all I know. Um, but that's your bud. You're, you're supposed to go meet up with him. Uh, or her, actually, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, you walk into the woods and all of a sudden you like meet the, like the strange kind of wizard person who then introduces you to these little, I think called spritelings, I believe is the, the term that they use for them. But like they're, they're Pikmin. Like that's mm-hmm. what the, this game is very much like we wanted to make a Pikmin game. And so we've decided to, to make one. And so like kind of the general, you know, the, what you're doing is, you know, you're collecting objects in the world that give you resources to like build your Pikmin. They don't die. Like they're very specific about saying like, Hey, when you threw it into the fire and it exploded, it didn't die. Like it is part of this forest. The physical body that it takes on is just a manifestation of the forest. And so don't worry. You can throw them at that giant slime that stomps them and you don't have to feel bad about it. Like you can just pull them back from the afterlife that they exist in, put them in a squishy, gross physical body and, uh, you know, command them um, uh, to do your to do your bidding. And so, you you know, if you play in a Pikmin, like it's basically you have a main character and a bunch of small characters following following you around. They have different properties associated with them so like the basic one that you start with the basic spriteling is just hey there's like a rock someone needs to smash it and so do 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 right sure you, you you hold x and you can fling them in the direction and they kind of pick up context clues of what they can do in the world maybe that is if you fling them at a uh like a collectible um, that you can't fit in your backpack anymore, they can pick yeah. it up. Um, if yeah. you fling them at a rock, they will break it. If you fling them at an enemy, they will fight it. And then you, uh, you know, as the game progresses, you, you know, get, uh, you know, ones that have, you know, different, uh, can be put into different contexts. Like the, what I unlocked last night was the, the second um, Spriteling type that uh, can, it's like on fire. And so you can throw it at like little uh, brushes that you previously would hurt you. And like, now those are gone and I can pick up the objects in them. Um, so yeah, if you've played like, I don't even want to say like one of those because like Nintendo is like the only company that really makes these games. You know, you look at a game like Raise the Dead that I did a profile of that game's like tumultuous development over the course of 10 years. They tried to just make a Pikmin and like one of the like choice quotes they gave me that I'm going to paraphrase here was like, hey, there's like a reason they mm. Nintendo does it because it's hard. Like the AI and context, like the context of what the player wants to do and what the AI, you know, what the little creatures want. Like it's they're like it's really tough. And maybe there's yeah. a reason that only Nintendo is like kind of making these 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 sort of like esoteric like strategy games. Um, I haven't had any issues with that so far in uh, Wild at Heart. Like the, the the little creatures have done what I've wanted them to do, and they like I've, again because it's been a long time since I played Pikmin. Like the way they organize them in Wild at Heart is you know you can go out with a collection of them, and then you tap like right bumper and you switch between the types. So you're not necessarily yeah. like mixing and matching them, but you can. Where it's like, hey, I'm gonna go throw two of like the basic kind of worker soldier types. And then I'm going to throw one fire guy in there because that's, you know, maybe I've met an enemy that is weak to fire and that will kind of like help the fight go along. So um, yeah, it's really gorgeous, very pleasant to play, uh, really charming writing. Like, awesome. you know, it's like one of those, like not best game ever. I, it yeah, would be yeah, like yeah. maybe a fleeting experience, but like one of those like very pleasant fleeting experiences that I'm having like a really good time 
kind of plucking at um, when when I've got a spare moment and just kind of want to chill out. Um, you know, like after I have the all the adrenaline of a knockout city match, and then I you know like I have to come down, you wind down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I got you. and it, it yeah. has a fun a day like not day night cycle, but there are the enemies. Uh, and so there are sort of like wilderness creatures that you are, are like you know that you're that you're fighting um, with your your spritelings, and then. There are these like the the larger story is about defending the forest from these things called the never um and they appear at night so like that they don't like light you know the you know yada 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 so you'll go out for i don't know 10 15 minutes and then all of a sudden kind of like the night cycle kicks in and you've got a couple of minutes to get back to a base or in there are like kind of warp points or you can mm-hmm. set down um, you can craft like lighting equipment that can like if you're if you went out too far you you can't you're not near a camp or a warp zone you can build like a piece of lighting that like will you know you can use to ward them off while you make your way back and it seems like it seems to be pretty well tuned where by the time that kicks in you're probably like full of junk anyway and like need to head back and like drop off the collectibles you've gotten like rearrange the sprightlings that you have so it doesn't it doesn't I haven't felt a pull yet where it's like hey i actually would have liked five more minutes out in the world to finish the thing i'm doing and it seems like you're just arbitrarily sending me back because you like want to create a cycle of like coming back to camp going back out that seems to be tuned uh pretty pretty well so far so yeah that's that's uh what yeah it is the wild at heart i looked it up to to make sure i got it right but yeah the wild at heart it's on it is on game pass if you have that um but i I believe it's on a variety of other uh platforms as well and very cute cool. and charming. I like it. Nice. Speaking of colorful things, I do want to shout out Unexplored 2, which dropped in early access on Epic, the Epic Game Store. Yeah. Uh, Kata, you, you checked this out a little bit, right? Yeah, I did like the tutorial bits and tried to start my own game. Um, uh, I was kind of surprised because I haven't really been following the 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 development of it, although I know they have mm-hmm. like a long running kind of thing on um What's that pra- platform? Fig. Fig. Fig is where they where they raise money for right. it. Yeah. Uh, but I've just been like not paying attention. Uh, so when I popped it open, it was like it felt very. It was like surprising how different it was. It's it feels, so different. I mean, the first so, game looks like right. So like it's completely top down, like bright yellow circle yeah. game. Do you know what it, I mean? Like it's very simple geometry, and it feels like um, design. So like. You know, the first one was a roguelike, like, and okay. kind of in that traditional way with, like... In the most traditional sense right. of, you're in a dungeon, it is 20 floors deep, and there's you some side floors. find the, the MacGuffin at find the bottom the and get back out. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh, yes. <laughs> uh, and so... True roguelike hours. Right, and, like, a lot of those mechanics and ideas uh, come, share a lineage with, like, the original dungeon, like, first dungeons, first edition Dungeons & Dragons, right? Like, this idea of, yes. like, the, the delve. This yep. one feels like they took a step back and were like, okay, what is what are the role playing systems doing nowadays as far as like how you deal with con- conflict and like chance, yeah. and like they're focusing on those bits instead of like the kind of dungeon delvey bits. Like, for example, one of the first things that they do in the tutorial is have you try to open a door that's been jammed, and so like uh-huh. there's this new system now where you have like instead of like rolling a dice or anything, there's like a pool of different uh, outcomes that you're kind of tokens. Like imagine like a pool of coins or something. And each token, right. Each token is a different outcome or like a kind of like building upon the current situation. Yeah. It's really neat. It's yeah. It's like fail 
is one, right? Sure. There's what, always what the failures and the, there's failures and success. Pure there's, success. Then there's like there's one that's like uh take your time. It's like there's a there's right. a day night cycle in this in this game. And so it's like uh you 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 add three successes into your pool, but it but time moves forward. Like a, you lose a chunk a large chunk of time. Um there's one that's like uh you become fatigued but you immediately succeed or like things like of that nature where there's like you know you can take this but there will be a consequence it's the mixed success failure of like any like you know mo- like a lot of indie rpg uh, indie rpg yeah the, the the kind of contemporary yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. fail forward exactly and it feels like that's kind of what they're focusing on as far as like the new mechanic um, other, yeah. uh, it's a really cool system because yeah. it's so flexible. You can do this with climbing a cliff. Yeah. You can also do it with a social role where like I'd, I've been confronted by Imperial guards and like tried to talk my way out of it. And it also opens up so many spaces for like characters to have perks that apply to certain situations. So like I built a character that was good at talking and that meant that she got extra positive tokens in that or more draws, more attempts to get a good a good outcome right. uh in those social situations or whatever, right? And like that's it's really neat to see that. I should yeah. also just say really quick, it looks gorgeous. It is yes, bright and colorful actually, and it's yeah. gone from being this kind of top down 2D thing to this kind of isometric um lush but soft like 3D yeah. world that's it's, so cool. It's um it's like cell cell shaded is kind of like the style but they've um they've they've done like a a really uh like the 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 way that the they use lighting is really good like like it mm-hmm. gives the what you know cell shading is normally kind of very flat but it's yeah. like They've taken like a cell shading base and then like lit it really well. Um, and uh, it's just yeah, it's gorgeous. God, the lighting, and, like, yeah, when you're like in the in the caves in yeah. this game, and um, you have the like this, you you activate the part of your staff that gives you a little bit of light is great. Yeah. Also, the, just the staff is such a good. Um, you have the staff basically from, from the, the first from, game, the staff of Yendor, right. and I mean that the staff of the the, the roguelike staff. Uh, right. Because I think that's I think the staff Yendor of Yendor is, is in the original Rogue, right? Is in Rogue, I believe. No, the Amulet of Yendor is in original Amulet. Rogue. Okay, <laughs> right. Now we're getting Yendor's staff, right? right. Now we're getting Yendor's <laughs> staff, different staff, and it can be used to do magic. But when you do it, you are basically putting the ring on. Right, right, right. Putting all, in a, in the in the in the Lord of the Rings sense of like this is a dangerous act you've done. You're calling attention to you. Right. There will be consequences. And like um, I don't like summoning enemies nearby and stuff like that. Eventually, you know. Yeah, I haven't gotten very far, but I understand that there is this kind of like uh, a a bigger meta layer than the like the, the first game didn't have basically any meta layer. It was like you would do Not a really. run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, this one apparently Whereas now. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You well, I was just gonna say I don't, cool. I don't, I don't actually know what this because I didn't get that far, but I've seen, okay. I've now seen some videos about like there is a meta layer and like there is an empire, and that's what you're alerting when you start yep. using magic is that the empire can now see. Yeah, like the Eye of Sauron shit is kind of the the, the a good way of saying it. it's like oh shit, this like dark empire like can like gets a sense of the direction I'm in and like. There's what what exactly do you, have you played the meta layer stuff at all or I've only died so I've died once and the thing so the thing is um when you die the world stays the same and the time advances which means 
that a different hero shows up. Right. The empires, the empire grows across the continent. More of the land becomes, you know, falls under their sway. Um, uh, the relationship between different factions changes. Um, the the map stays the same. The places are in the same place, etc. Mm-hmm. From the trailer, which I haven't gotten to yet, um, if you get the staff to like Mount Mount Doom effectively and die, you've lost the game, and it re-rolls <laughs> the entire world using their proc gen. Oh. Um, and that rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and in yeah. general, the thing is that like, um, if I remember right, so I haven't, I haven't gone through a full second playthrough yet, or I haven't gotten back to that, that character. Uh, I think that like, if you have equipment, that equipment is still in the world somewhere. So like, right, let's say right. you, you did have a really leveled up armor plate, you know, or whatever that's out there somewhere for you to recover if you it, potentially. And so it almost feels a lot like, um, they're taking a look at like something like Dwarf Fortress, uh, in terms of like generational, right? Like uh, the world building in that sense. Uh, it also reminds me a lot of a game that I don't think is out yet, Ultima Ratio uh, Regum uh, by Mark Johnson. It's a game I followed now for like a decade, <laughs> which is like a Dwarf Fortress leaning on the roguelike part of Dwarf Fortress, not the not the um, and the the world generation part of it. That is like. Mark's game is like built basically building towards a big proc gen society civilizations, you know, social civilizations, mm-hmm. histories, religions, fashion, etc. Right. Uh, people should read about that game if not if not play it, whatever version of it is available now because that game also is doing a lot of that stuff, you know. Um, anyway, yeah, un- uh, 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 Unexplored 2, I'm excited to put more time into it. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to, how deep I want to go now in this early access release. Right, right. Because that, that first mention. game was one of my favorite games of the year, but like, yeah, exactly. It's early, early access. access um, still, so. and I think it's planning on being an early access for quite some time still. So, yeah. um, I will also shout out, there is a piece by Steven Messner up on, uh, PC Gamer that gets into some of the, some of the details a little bit deeper, um, uh, called... Unexplored 2 is the most innovative adventure game I've played in years. People should go read that. It's it's very good. Nice. Um, They did it. Anyth- what'd they do? What'd they do? Sonic Colors Ultimate. What? Oh, they wow. did Wow. They did it. He fucking sniped that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Wait, what's Sonic so, Prime? It just seems so odd. Like that, like, that is a real, I think even uh, Sonic stands would, you know, that was a a, that era was a real bad period for Sonic games in general. What are you but, saying um, about Sonic Unleashed and the Werehog? Huh? I mean, I love Werehog. that it exists, uh, but uh, you know, th- th- I think if, like if there's a game to pluck out of that era and bring Wait, back, I got a real good one. Yep. I got a real good slide here to share with you. Here we go. Wait, this is the wait. real shit coming from King Ice. What here we go. At- Who's King Ice? We got Ice? some. We got some. Some. Some real <laughs> lab diamond. Looking, oh, uh, so Sonic merch. Are you not seeing this shit that Patrick posted above you? Yeah, the Olympics. Right? No, but yeah, look at it. Look closely at it. This is look closely at this image. Sonic Racing. That's not super Sonic. Which, which image? Why does it look like this Sonic is someone in a Sonic suit at the Olympics? Because he's gonna win the Olympics. I'm guessing that. Are you just not aware how big he is? That's how big Sonic is. He, Sonic, Sonic, oh, Sonic thick now? <laughs> Sonic thick now. Wait, actually, Sonic- no, hold on. Okay, 
as he's finishing his swing, as he's following through his swing uh-huh. in the baseball thing, that does look like a suit. Look at the wrinkle on his arm. <laughs> yes, you know, this is what suit. I'm saying. So it looks this, like a this, suit. Can you clarify, Patrick? You've been watching this? No, this I have s- not. <laughs> oh. um, I, but I went, who's bigger, Big Luke or Big Sonic? <sighs> big Sonic. Yeah, Big, big Sonic. Sonic's bigger than Sonic's Big Luke. Huge. So Absolutely. Is, is the thing that I'm looking at here, do you know, is this just the Sega Olympics game? But you can play as a Sonic mascot in it. Oh, I don't even know. I, yeah, I don't even know if you, this might just be a promo. Uh, yeah, probably because they put out a Sonic um, at the Olympics game last year. Mm-hmm. But right. in a couple of weeks, they have a proper right. Olympics game that does not like doesn't have goofy cartoon characters. It's that it's, is right. It's, right. Yeah. Okay. But, but it's, maybe maybe Sonic. I don't know if Sonic's in it or if this is just their way of like. His, uh, we know nobody gives a shit about the sure, Olympics game. A Sonic costume will. A Sonic costume will be in Sega's upcoming. So that's yeah. You, you're there saying you go. twenty. There's there you go. Right there. So Woo! that's like a player. Costume. Yeah, that's a player. <laughs> costume. That's a that. Yeah, uh-huh. in a costume. In a, co- in a costume. <laughs> okay. That's beautiful. that rules. That's beautiful. That's so smart. <laughs> wow. If oh, only I my brain that. were this were this big. <laughs> God damn. Uh, and then looks like their um, big final announcement here. Yeah, there's a new Sonic game next year, like a proper one. And then there was earlier there was a there a Sonic Origins, which is like a new, um, like you know collection that they're going to be putting together. For, right. Sure. For 2022. Um, it does seem like game companies are like getting better. Like, like I like what Capcom is doing with their arcade collection. Um, uh, that they're they're like slowly like building out and putting together and be nice if Nintendo could figure their shit out. Uh, <laughs> it's called Sonic Zap. What does this say? What's the say at the end of this? Hmm? What is this? The new game? Yeah. What's this? I'm gonna send you this logo. I think it's just it's just just no. He writes this in with his legs. He runs and draws this into the ground. What is that? Does that say zap? That looks like it says zap or zow. That's not Sonic. There's probably that's a related to the mythology of the deep Sonic. Lore. Just, the deep Sonic. This is the, the unknown. The deep Sonic. Welcome to Deep Sonic. Our our ongoing Deep Sonic. Hey, Sonic, low reasons, low reasons Sonic. Reason Sonic. Be, hmm, you have to get in the comics. Yeah, we'd have to mm. really get into those Archie comics. There's a lot. There's good. a lot of animated series that we'd have to watch. Yeah, I think that says Zao. It could be. I think it's Zap. I think you're probably right, which is horrible. <laughs> What's Zap? What's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. I think it's Zap. Anyway. Yeah, sure. Great. Shout out to Sonic fans. We should take a quick dip in the question bucket before we wrap up. <laughs> Gamingadvice.com is the address. Someone wrote in. I'm not going to read the email. They were like, does Greedfall engage with the questions of of Eurocentric colonialism? Go find the episode. We talked about this at length multiple times, I think. I think we it did does, it. But, yeah. but. Uh, but we did. We had a long conversation about this, listener. Please go find that one. Uh, here's one. Uh, did you read this thing about about hundred days? This person who's a, a wine person on Monday's no. podcast, Ian, writes in and says, "No actual question, just light to moderate wine dork. I wanted to tell you what a roller coaster I went on listening to Rob talking about hundred days in episodes three ninety eight. Hmm, uh, uh, vineyard management. Maybe I'll pick that up." Why would you plant Chardonnay in Tuscany? Why are the same handful of grapes planted anywhere with no thought for what makes the most characterful wines in each region? Go back to Napa and Burgundy. Hmm. Wow. But maybe this game is punishing him for planting Chardonnay in Tuscany. The end game is going to make is going to make me put mega purple in all my wines, isn't it? 
Thanks for a lovely podcast, Ian. I don't know what mega purple is. Is this like is this like a is this like a very annoying thing in the wine culture where like everyone's pushed towards and what is mega purple and what is it doing in my wine? I found a an article. Okay. What is it? Enlighten us. Okay, you know how this is from uh, Emily Bell on uh, vinepair.com. You know how you know how you go for the slightly shinier apple or get briefly bummed when the Big Mac in your hands looks absolutely nothing like the Big Mac in the commercial? Like it or not, aesthetics factor into consumer judgment as much as, if often not more than, substance. But not because we're monsters. We live in a hypervisual blah, blah, blah. Uh, the same is true in beverage. Is in beverage. Yes, even in the ramp, the age of rampant craft, quote unquote, we're all thirsting for authenticity. We're also tweaking the visuals for marketing purposes, which is why something like whiskey, one of the most revered distilleries, uh, uh, di- sorry, distillates in drinking history is often, is very often corrected with caramel coloring. Uh, uh, all of the flavor we're looking for could already be in the bottle, but the producer knows we associate complexity and style with a particular hue. The same goes for wine. It's just not talked about, at least not as much as we as we all get really worked up uh, and change uh, and charge the nearest chateau demanding answers. Now, uh, not that we don't talk about any wine additives. We just don't really talk about some of them, like Mega Purple, the nightmare Barney sounding grape concentrate thousands of wineries quietly use to color correct their bottles made from by a taintier grape called Rubeard, Ruby, Ruby Red, Ruby Red. It's a funny, it's Ruby Red, one word with an I instead of a Y. Mega Purple is extremely <laughs> rich in color. Uh, to make Mega Purple, Ruby Red grapes are prepared in a kind, into a kind of wine with a ton of residual sugar, about 68%, and very rich color. If and when Mega Purple is used, which is a lot, it's generally used in extremely low doses. It's so mega, that's all you really need. So it is what uh, someone, there's a, there's a photo here of it. And uh, yeah, that's oh, I've seen wines like this. That's very funny. It's very funny. This is like the glitter thing, but for wine. <laughs> um. So yeah, there's. Are you, did you go back to hundred days at all, Rob? Uh, yeah, I did. Did you um, save your your? I winery? did eventually fall off it in part because um, like like a lot of management games, you hit a point where it's scaling up, mm-hmm. and it's just about like operating in a new scale and like refu- like tweaking the systems a little bit, but like it becomes very automatic and rote. Um, so I, I ended up falling off it just cause there's, there's not enough of the, um, there's not enough friction really. It was like, it, so many things were on autopilot that it was like, yep, another award winning harvest of Chardonnay. And I was like, I barely did anything. Like it's just, <laughs> they're just beautiful grapes just falling off the vine into my hands and turning into Chardonnay instantly. Um, mm-hmm. And so like there wasn't a lot for me left to do. Uh, we had a lot of people write in after we talked about sequentiality and and like listening to full albums or watching a show from start to finish or, or et cetera. Um, Matt writes in and says, hi, all. I've been really in- enjoying the question bucket and food bucket segments. Your convo this week about engaging with media in non-sequential order made me want to share a method that I've come up with for watching endless TV over the years. When trying out a new show that has multiple seasons, specifically episodic network shows, I will always start with season two. The reason is that the pilots are just not good and shows often take a while to find their legs and start writing all the characters so well. So season two is often a better representation of what the show can be. Also, network shows are trying to pick up new viewers uh, so they will fill in the gaps for you. 
if I like the show, then I'll watch the rest in order and at the end loop back to season one. It feels like a bon it feels like bonus content. And I feel oh. <laughs> the stilted acting and writing endearing and learn some of the references I was missing throughout. I wouldn't do this with something heavily plot driven, but I have had great res- great results for shows like Elementary, The Mentalist, and The Blacklist. Please mm. roast me as you see fit for this practice. I, I love your podcast and find your approaches. Thinking about games and art is meaningful and refreshing. Thank you, Matt from Toronto. I, I, I highly advise I, – I, I haven't done this, but I know that a lot of people do it for like comedy – like network comedies in particular, right? Mm-hmm. Where like the first season of uh, Parks and Rec or like The Office – like The Office is like famously fucking trash in its like first season and then like finds its footing like as it goes along. Parks and Rec was the same way, similar creative teams. So like that's like not maybe not surprising. That's how like they find their footing. But I, I can see the argument there, like especially in comedies where you're not like the character arcs are less important than the week to, you know, you know, the equivalent of the monster, the problem of the week that they're you know dealing with in, in the episode. Um, but doing that in a drama, I find even like, a, yeah, what's going on? In the black, please write back. Uh, <laughs> let me know what's happening on in the blacklist. I, like that show has been going on for, for yeah. So what's going on in the blacklist? Like, catch these days. me up. I need. I, I. I don't. I'm not gonna look at it with summarize. Is, this person is, needs to write back in and yeah. like hit me up. Blacklist isn't like season seven or eight. So uh, is Red I, her dad or what? I I have no idea, dude. Like I uh, I watched a lot of. Like I watched all season one and most of season two of that show. Yep. I watched all season one of that See, show. I yeah, watched all, I watched. I like. I almost watched it because I watched like a lot of like Boston Legal and like oh, really fell for that sure. like show's rhythms for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And then was like, oh, like when that show finished, um, like he started on like the blacklist, and I was like, oh, I guess. And I watched the trailer and I was like, I can't, like I can't, I don't think I could do. I don't think so, I could do this show. Uh, when I had uh, ankle surgery. I ended up watching it because I was like, I'm going to be laid up. This seems like the perfect <laughs> moment to get in the blacklist. It's weird yeah. as I knew that that was a really expensive show. Like NBC put huh. a lot of money into that because like it was a you're going to watch an FBI hostage rescue team get murked every week. Um, and like I was like, OK, this seems it, it'll be big and dumb. It'll probably it, it might scratch that alias itch. Nah, not really. It's like <laughs> there is <laughs> so much. You know what it is? It's like. Really specific, endless James Spader like fan service. I was gonna right. say this is just like James checks. <laughs> There's nothing beyond that, right? But it took me a long time to be like, this could be interesting. Could be, and could somewhere be. In, in the second season, I was like, and yet it's not. Do you want to watch, you know, uh, 18 minutes of a 42 minute show just to get a little hit of James Spader being eccentric with He's- a trench coat? <laughs> And the answer for a season was yes. Yeah. And then it that, stopped that, being. That was the, the entire, like him, uh, like he was the entire reason I watched Boston Legal was just like James Spader yeah, is incredible in this, okay. in this show. The other thing that just fucking broke me was there was this long arc about her marriage in trouble with her nice but ambiguously evil like yeah, husband. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And I swear to God, the moment I knew I needed to hit eject was they introduced this character a sexy bombshell named Jolene. And she Mm. is just like making a play for the husband. And like, meanwhile, their relationship isn't doing well because of all the lies and deceit built into it. And he's like starting to respond to some of these flirtations. And I swear to God, it culminates with an episode where he and and Jolene are meeting for an assignation while the song Jolene plays. Right. (laughs) This is why this this. this happened. Her name is just Jolene. Like this isn't this isn't a reference. It's just 
just, it's why just they picked you that name. Use the song. That like, episode. We're going to do the plot of the song in this so fucking show. So we can use the yeah, song. So that we, can have, we can have this sexy woman walking down the hall while Jolene plays. And then it turned out, by the way, that he was like also a secret agent and was like a yeah. deep cover. And I was like, I can't anymore. I can't this buy. Is, this, I think this is too stupid. Isn't this? Isn't the blacklist the one that did the animated finale? Last yeah. season, yeah, yeah. Like, the, uh, like the Unreal Engine, yeah, uh, like finale. <laughs> and it was of, not like, fully that; it was cut in with real footage oh, that they wow. had filmed already because they stopped mid-filming. I think. <laughs> um, I going back to this email, and and I'll be right back around to TV more generally in a second. But going back to this email, I can't. I I get it. This might be a do as I say, not as I do thing. Mm. I get this. I fully respect it. I could never do it. I need to see the warts and all at the top of a show before I, I can't go into season two being like they're referencing this person. Who is Ooh, this is, person? Yeah. What is the context I'm missing for this character, etc. I, I I'm a release order. I, I think this person go with God. Godspeed. I get it. I've watched I Star Trek: The Next Generation. Poisonous. Like I I I like firmly no. reject the as we talked about the like. You know, watch it in chronological. Like I, I think that's just wrong. Like I don't, I don't think you should watch shows that way. But Agreed. this doesn't, this doesn't cross a line for me. I, I can see the I, argument for, especially if you're dipping your toe. It's like I don't even know if I want to watch well, no, this look, show. The thing that gets me is they dip their toe, and instead of being like, okay, that's enough for me to get through season one, they don't get to season one until the end. Right. They're no, they don't even do they don't even do like dip, a skip list for season one. Yeah, in this They're case, I need to know when did skipping. you go back and watch the first he's, season? They, of the they, he they, says at the end, he says it's a victory line. But what is the end? We're in the middle of the show's run. I want to know for oh, a like for was it, a, Oh, we're in between seasons four and five. Time to watch season one. Right. Right. <laughs> Maybe when you catch up. But again, like I I couldn't imagine watching the blacklist without seeing the way those characters met. Yeah. I can't imagine what you know what? I can't imagine watching the blacklist. Period. The end. <laughs> Full stop. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a glutton in this way for for content. A glutton for content dot com. I think if there, so I think if for me it's like so often the opening of a show tends to be well, I think it's different. I wanna know what the comedies is. I, I wanna know openings tend to be weaker because it takes a while for a cast to like sort of set in and like really start hitting. Yeah. But like a lot of dramas or like high concept like uh shows so often the early part is the best part because it's where like things are at their most interesting and the concepts are most interesting. What is frustrating for me is how often like the road ultimately goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. And if there were, but sure, the thing that I'm often torn about is like, I still treasure the opening strong episodes of a show when it's full of like weirdness and mystery and like all those questions that are raised. And I wish I could have that without the letdown of when those answers are raised or when those answers are repeatedly postponed because like mm-hmm. they're trying to drag out the, the run of the show. Again, see also The Mentalist. That show knows yeah. when to like hit it. It's like yep. <laughs> the things are coming to a head in the middle of the run and we're going to go with it. And, and we're s- going to go with it. We're not going to resist it. Yeah. Yep. It's, so it's many so other shows good. are and like, like <sighs> hard break. Yeah. <laughs> we need a with three-year roadmap of just right. filler. Yeah. Maybe okay. part of it also for me is – the sense that um, uh, uh, that um, th- there's the show and then there's the show. There are episodes of the show, which I like, uh, and then there are and then there are um, the show. There is the show itself, and I get a lot of my enjoyment of seeing how the showrunners have some sort of goal in mind at the top 
shifts and I see that thing develop, see them work towards it, see them change paths. And I don't get all of that if I don't see where it begins. I don't get, you know, watching the beginning of Star Trek The Next Generation, that first season is rough, but it lays out a lot of what it wants to do over the course of its right. run and seeing how that that team changes, addresses uh, uh, their own their own hurdles or their own stumbles, um, you know, introduces new ideas, big new ideas, teases stuff, pays off those teases. For me, the whole run up to it being good is part of it being good. Yeah. It's part of the enjoyment I get. Um, and it's just a different perspective on it. And I, and I often think about this as being part of – I am often – I am often – interested as a storyteller in the way at which other storytellers are doing the work. And so that's part of what my interest ends up being is like, ah, uh, I see how they are. We, you know, we just had a we just did an episode, I mean, we just did an episode of a more civilized age in which we talked about how the beginning of season two is way better than anything in season one. Ba <laughs> I'd say almost anything in season one. Um, mm -hmm. And a big part of it is just how have they gotten better at making the show? And so much of my enjoyment of those episodes is unlocked because I know how rough the first season is. I would not have liked those episodes as well if not for their contrast with very particular problems in the first season uh, uh, episodes. Um, and so that like that to me is the ho the holist joy, the most the most holistic joy I can I can have with something is seeing it grow and change. Um, uh, that episode of More Civilization will be out next week, I think. Um, so look forward to that. Um, we should watch this thing Kato posted. Okay. Actually, yeah. really quick, before we do that, I am going to mm -hmm. just, before we do this, we should maybe go out on this thing Kato posted. Someone did write in and say, I have a question for Rob, but really would love all of your answers. The Mentalist and Justified are both hits in my house, and we're looking for a new show to watch. Does Rob have any more six-season shows no one watched that are secretly great? <laughs> if so, is it Grimm? That show ha sort of has the whiff of being amongst the shows that have a secret Zachney intangible. P.S. If you don't have an answer, could you pitch Columbo to my partner, Allie? I really think she'd love it, but needs more endorsements. Thanks, James from Rochester. <laughs> Man, six season shows that nobody watched. The thing is, so few shows run Get six, six seasons, seasons that are under yeah. the radar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, and maybe they mean anyone, meaning their friends and not CBS right. demographics. Right. <laughs> right. Because The Mentalist was actually pretty popular. This is the weird thing. Is it's right. like it's a secretly great show that often outstrips prestige TV, uh, despite looking like a generic CBS thing. So, man, uh, that's a great question. Um, the one that comes to mind that I know you're a big fan of is person of interest. And yeah. I know, I know that Jim Caviezel, Caviezel, is that right? Has been in the conversation lately because of a in podcast about how weird he is, right? And maybe bad he is. I mean, but so he's like, he's a tradcath, right? Is he a tradcath? Ooh. 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 <laughs> oh, right. Because he had that experience doing passion, right? Fuck uh, 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 Mel Gibson, get fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but uh, Jim Caviezel did Passion of the Christ, and it, like, I, I've seen quotes from him about that that are wild. Anyway, but he's in Person of Interest, but per you like Person of Interest quite a bit, right? I do. I think um, it stays too long at the fair. I don't think it okay. can stick the landing. Mm, um, okay. But that only gets five seasons. That's not even a six season show. So, but, like, man, it, yeah, it's classic. Like, first season, you're like, this is pretty rote. I don't know that it's, particularly interesting but it starts doing some interesting things with the concept second and third seasons are like just out of this world good okay uh so yeah like that's a that's a definite endorsement um 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know what I started watching a bit last year? Um, I started watching NYPD Blue again. A better cop show than I remembered. And what's weird is... Um, so that is a show that is basically centering on a pretty racist NYPD cop. Yeah. And the funny thing, though, is that watching it, I was kind of struck by the fact that that show was able to look these things in the eye in the way I think a lot of like modern cop shows just do not at all. They, they avoid it at all costs. Like the one of the interesting things about NYPD Blue is like. Like right there in the opening first season, it's like a lot of these cops are either bad cops, bad people or bad coworkers. Um, and it's watching those frictions play out. That's that's kind of compelling. But I don't like I, I do wonder if how that goes down, uh, you know, with with modern audiences. But I was kind of struck by like, wow, uh, this th- this show like often went really interesting places and went there like smartly. Um, and it was kind of cool seeing that. I think uh, it's the rare show that like that was a that was a cop procedural that aired for ages. Uh-huh. And going back, it's easy to think those things just get rote and boring. Going back, I was like, shit, it was actually it was actually pretty good. Um, I want to say about Grimm, I've seen probably 10 episodes of that show, maybe a few more than that. Um, I kind of want to go back and watch Grimm. I kind of I Grimm is. I was so close to picking that up. I've been thinking about it. It's it's a six season show, NBC, um, uh, you know, monster of the week show about a dude who descends from a line of like uh, monster hunters and can start to see the monsters in the world. It's like Buffy, but it's a but it's like a Pacific Northwest cop show, basically. Um, I, I, you know, it's probably been a decade since I've seen any of this, this show or eight years or something like that. Um, uh, and it is, it is very B movie monster of the week in terms of its costume and creature design. Um, it, I don't necessarily know that the like mythology is really there in the episodes that I saw, but uh, there was something really charming about the cast. It might just be a good show to put on in the background. It might be copaganda. It's again, it's been a minute since I watched the show about the cop who kills monsters, which is a very loaded thing. I don't actually don't know if he stays on as a cop. He might end up being. I think the cops might get in- monstered. The cops might be invaded by monsters. You know, like like they've taken over. Damn, Grim, could say? Grim anticipated uh, the way the Discord would change. Discourse. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. Um, uh, and so I might give it a shot. I might go back to it. Let us If you go back to it, let us know. What are or vampires if, you, are there any if not grim a cop stands? union? Say that again? What are vampires if not a cop union? Right, exactly. Um, I think it is. I, I mean, I will say, I do think Grimm is run by a previous Buffy person, right? It's like a Buffy um, like producer who, who launched the show as like an attempt to make Buffy part two, you know? So, because I was talking about this online late one night uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, Sin Vega and Sam Greer, if anyone ever, like, it might be hard to find these days, but Due South, the Paul Gross um, Canadian Mountie comes to Chicago to solve crimes uh, show, always struggled. Secretly a very good show. Yeah. Um, 
it was, you know, it, it, it has a weird midway through. It has to change its entire cast because it was canceled, I think, by CBS and went into a syndicated model. So a lot of the cast broke up and they sort of mm. they do this really weird thing where they lampshade it. And they're like, hey, this is the different. Why is a completely different actor playing the same character? And the answer is it's a different person, but he's inhabiting the same character. And the show acknowledges this. And it's weird and really divisive. But they end up making it worse, uh, making it work and worse. It, it It's a land of contrasts. But oh. yeah, cult hit. Great. All right. We should watch this thing that Kato's linked. I've yeah. seen this thing. Y'all have not seen this trailer, no. right? No. Um, okay. Uh, there's a wait, wait, wait. There's a better link than this one, Kato, because this okay, one takes you to on. the website. Where is the one second? I'll find the the good one. Uh, yeah, I just got an ad. Olympic Channel. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to this Olympics website and then hit pause immediately once you're past the the ad. Okay, I'm ready. Is everyone ready? Yep. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Ready for the the Nagano tapes? So the Nagano I, tapes. I'm clicking through so this. People keep sending us the Nagano tapes. Yeah, click through that, on that, that link. That sounds like some found footage movie from 1999. <laughs> okay, so now I'm on a YouTube page. And it's got the... You're on a YouTube page? You're not on Olympics.com? Yeah, I am. You should, you've okay. got a video player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just wait for so the ad So there should be a trailer and then hit pause as soon as that ad ends. The Nagano tapes, uh, an inspiring story of how the Czech... Or sorry, the inspiring story of how Czech Republic won gold at the first Olympics to feature professionals from the NHL. That's spoilers. Okay. Are we all ready? Yeah. yeah. Y'all haven't seen this, promise. No. Okay. No. <laughs> I can enjoy it in another way then. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Olympic Channel. Oh, well, now we're just getting the Olympic Channel intro, which is not the Frank actual Marshall. intro. Torch. Not Five ring was films. A good Olympics. All right, here we go. I'm very curious who recognizes it first. So we're all synced up. It's like currently splitting into frames. Yeah, there's a person holding yeah. a torch. Yeah. Yep. Some huskies running. This music sounds very familiar. NHL players at the Olympics for the first time ever. Watching some hockey. People are running up the stairs with a torch. Some context on what? <laughs> I think I'm ahead of you. Wait. Yeah, what? you just hit it. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Excuse me. Even I know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going? The uh, wait, we're going to play with cards about the history of uh, the Czech Republic being oppressed by the Soviet Union. Wait, are you are you still not like Robin hasn't hit yet? No, the music. I'm I'm on the music, dude. Yeah, yeah. you're on a cool okay. angel thesis at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're on the this real Olympic. I'm seeing Soviet invade. Oh, did they use the font? Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> look at the did. way they're cutting it. It's just cut like the intro. Soviet, Soviet invasion. Oh my god! Repression. Uh, it is just cut like the intro to Ava. What is going on? 
They're doing the history of Czech hockey set to hockey riots. Hockey riots. Yeah. Uh huh. Turns out, you know, Steven Spielberg partner Frank Marshall just like secretly a big Ava head. The like, the years cutting forward is very good. They're not enough to press The B-roll they're running is not as good. Capitalism. Frustration. Frustration. Wow, this this thing was cool as hell. Yeah. More, more documentaries should open with this format (laughs) is my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. I really, did someone say, did someone say what was popular in Japan in 1998? Right. Oh, Ava was still popular in Japan in Or did someone really just pull one on? Like an entire group of people. That would be the best. Where they just keep suggesting little, like, so, like, I think if we did it this way. Also, this music, it really seems to go with it, right? I know, it it just catches something. Yeah, like, it really bops with, you know, and like, oh, look at this font. Like, I just, ha. Patrick, can you track down whoever made this decision and interview them? Who, who directed this? Good question. Uh... I'll I'll work on this. If you out there, so wait, is this a new? I found the person. Old I found one the person. Surfaced. I found the person. Here we go. It's uh, uh, uh Andres uh, Hudacek. Hudacek. Um, it took me three years, but I finally made anime Twitter go nuts. This seems to be the person who made this decision. Uh, which is great. Oh, that's so. That's you got to reach fantastic. out. So wait. Is this they a new documentary, DMs, so. or did it just go fly under the radar? It's, this is a like, new. I thought this was a new documentary. I was pretty sure. Oh wait, no, is it not? Huh? Because I found a post on Reddit from three years ago, 2018, saying Olympic hockey documentary parodies yeah. of uh, Evangelion. That's opening. that's why this tweet says it took me three years, right. but I finally like yeah. it just got discovered. It just finally <laughs> hit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, this is a good vi- wow. potentially viral blog post. You got uh, to hit this person <laughs> up. 2018, yeah. I don't know uh-huh. if I'm the person to write this, but someone else is going to, uh, Gita might be writing writing, writing this story. <laughs> There's an they entire genre, by the way. Like, you make a documentary about, like, international hockey teams that fucking hate Russia. Like, the list of grudges that follow the end of the Soviet Union is just endless. Um, like, I, I want to say, like, uh, in the same Olympics or maybe the one before that, Finland versus Russia was one of the most vicious fucking games I've ever seen. And remember, international hockey, they don't let you fight. And so, like, if it's going to be a bloodbath, it's because they're, like, still playing hockey within the rules. They're just yeah. laying people out. Um, Before we, I guess, it's funny, before we wrap up, something happened during this podcast that you've already heard about, which is that we got the green light to mention a thing which you've already now heard about because we will have, immediately after finishing this podcast... <laughs> We'll have then recorded a new additional bit for the intro that Kato has expertly cut in as if you as if you didn't even know it. But I just want to capture the energy of being told live that it seems as if the switch is being flipped on our our subscription Ka-chunk. page. Kachunk. Kachunk. <laughs> uh, it's there was the HBO like hum as it turns on. That's a fun. That's a fun sound. Or like the like there's like a real satisfying sound in like Resident Evil Village when when anytime Ethan has to like move like a or, like a well, lever. It's, it's whenever he picks something up, it makes the jump scare noise. <laughs> yeah. And there aren't jump scares in that game in that way really. No, and no, instead no. it's just every time he picks up a thing it's like Bwah! And <laughs> if we could just get that added to the to the Waypoint Plus page, that would be great. 
anyway, let me just, I guess I'll I'll The point is Waypoint is now a blue room. We're right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Waypoint is a blue well, room. Well you can we help us turn it. it blue. You can help us we turn it blue. We need to find all the blue. subscribers <laughs> to turn it blue. That's right. Um uh, you can do that by going to waypoint.zone slash subscribe. Uh, we've already heard us do a spiel up top, but I'll reiterate that I really appreciate everyone's support and everyone who's asked us for years to do something like this. Uh, and and uh, you know, let's let's uh, let's show the people advice that we can that we can kind of blow their expectations out of the water. Uh, that would be that would be huge for us, especially now going into E3 season and all of that. Um, so so thank you again for your support over the years. Uh, I'm not going to reiterate too much because I know. We'll have said a bunch at the top of this podcast, <laughs> but having now captured the energy live, uh, I, I want to share that with y'all. Uh, on that note, again, you can send us emails to gaming at vice.com and uh, you can you can follow us twitter.com slash waypoint waypoint.vice.com waypoint.zone slash subscribe twitter.com slash Austin underscore Walker. Patrick, how about you? You can follow me at Patrick. Also, uh, I, when you were talking about uh, shows, that, like one came to me at the very end when yeah, we pivoted. Good. I just want to say uh, the Forty Four Hundred, which was a sci-fi show that mm. ran at USA for about four years. It's like one of the first acting appearances by at, mm, what's uh, I don't want to screw up his name. Uh, he was in Green Book. The much maligned uh, Oscar winner from Oh, Mar- Ma- uh, Mar- Ali. Yes, correct. Nailed it. I didn't yes. want to. It was not even one that Marshall. I wanted to attempt because I would just completely botch it. So thank you. It's one of his first acting appearances. The The, the premise of the show is uh, a, a bunch of people just like disappear and then reappear in our present. And they were plucked over the course of like hundreds of years. They went to the future. It's like all the UFO like, abductees come back at once. Yes, right. Yes. Come huh. back with like Great. different X-Men powers. Um, yeah. and oh, there's one. We, also, the X-Files is a long running show that I, yeah. my, I like. I've watched that, that so actually, little You could just watch the first six seasons and probably be OK. And be done. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Good one. Kato, where people find you? Uh, at, <laughs> at oh a underscore Kato underscore Pierce. Sorry, I tried to pull up the Romaji like transliteration of Cruel Agent's thesis and was gonna go through a couple lines of that instead of saying my Twitter because I thought that'd be and funny. And then I didn't yeah. because I opened the thing. And hold yeah. on, sorry, this is gonna take a second for me to put this screenshot in here. <sighs> what? <laughs> ah. Okay, yeah, of course. Croyd's thesis goes Zankoku na tenshi no yuni shonen yo. That's actually because it actually slows down because shonen yeah yo shinwa ni nare. I'm a real street Boston nigga. Ali kaze ga amamune. Not that's how it goes, right? That's how it goes. Oh, and not a shit nigga Boston shit. Yeah, of course. So wait. Oh, Cruel Angel's thesis is just townie rap? Yeah, townie rap. Yeah, that's right. You know, Rob, this is just what they sing when Tom Brady scores a touchdown at a Patriots game. That's what they they sing. Uh, A little preview from the next uh, More Civilization. There's a character who has Pat's Fan 1 written on them in the Star Wars language, written on their backpack, and I'm still mad about it. What? I'm still mad about it. That's a bad Easter egg. It sucks. Oh, man, you know. Tampa Bay sounds like a Star Wars character. Tampa Bay is definitely a Star Wars character. Tampa Bay, a hundred percent. Oh, Jedi Master Tampa Bay is here. <laughs> <laughs> Tampa Bay fights with a very peculiar style. Um, 
Where can we find you, Rob? Can you deflate a lightsaber? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find Did me. Did you see that? By the way, did we? Can we? Wait. So what? I've been hearing there's there's some drama. The defla- the the reveal about about uh who came to defend. Well, I guess it's it's allegedly. And this is also spying. Oh, ghost, the Arwen Specter thing. Ghost yeah. writer of the late senator. Yes, yes. Basically, that it was Trump behind closed doors who got. The spy gate inquiry dropped. The Patriots was protected. trying to was trying to intervened. Yeah, but this was is trying. The, so to. this is the thing. <laughs> right, this, is I like, know. this is classic pre-presidential Trump where he's just trying to insert himself in shit and be like, yes. Yes. oh, my, my boy, Tom Brady, I'm going to help him out. I'm going to use my considerable influence that I don't have yet uh, <laughs> to like. Qu- and then this famous person Trump denies it. it to me. Also, to be clear, Trump's people deny it, to be clear. But I don't I I don't doubt that he got in there. I don't I don't doubt that I, I don't mean, doubt that maybe some money changed his hands or was, agent to file stories yes. with uh bought like New York tabloids about right. how awesome Donald Trump was. Like this yep. is this is who he is. Yep, totally. So you know, I don't know. I feel like there's a world in which he threatens not to give some cash or whatever. I believe it, is all I'm saying. Not his worst crime, certainly. <laughs> Small. But it's the lack of prosecution for the early crimes that <laughs> there set it up is. the, there the it big is. ones. It's gonna, this is all going to come out now that the the uh, the now grand that Cyrus jury has been called. Something. Oh, uh, it's going to happen. Now that it's yeah. safe. <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you again uh, for your support. I hope everyone has a great weekend. There will probably there. We're not sure if there's going to be something in the feed on Tuesday or not because we have off on Monday uh, for 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 the holiday. Um, there might end up being something. There might not end up being something. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So uh, I hope everyone has a good, safe weekend and is able to rest uh, and, t- and take some time for themselves. Until we talk to you next time, fuck capitalism. Go home. Peace. Waypoint.zone slash Bowen. For the, for the oh, music. Oh, yeah. The music. I forgot. The Shout music. out to Bowen. Miss you. <laughs> Dropkick Murphy's cover of Cruel Angel's Thesis 1. I bet there is Does the equivalent of that out there. <laughs> Yeah, someone has done that. Yeah, yeah. That style, though. The thing is that, like, right. yes, there's a rock style. Ska bands cover anime intros. When yeah, but, I mean, look, you have to you mm. try to find a you ska band that the, doesn't try to cover that. That's the real challenge. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but the Dropkick Murphys have that, like, Celtic, like, Celtic punk whatever yeah. thing going on. And so that's what you need. I you know, Danny can complain about it. He's like, that's not real Irish music. It's like, no, it's Boston Irish music, Danny. That's the point. They all think they're Irish. <laughs> they all think they're Irish. Jesus Christ. You live up there. They're going to find you. I'm Irish to the same extent. I'm like, yes, I too had to, like, I had, I had an Irish grandparent. Right. Sure. It's cool. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Be careful. Real street Boston niggas up there. <laughs> they don't say it like that. They do say it like that, just only when different people are in the room. You know? Even, but hang on. Like, one of Dropkick's most famous songs is how, like, Boston is full of, like, tough guys who are just fronting. Like, yeah, well. Yeah, but that's a, you know that that's a Bruce Springsteen, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, born in the USA. No one actually listens to the lyrics. Yeah, no, definitely true. So, that's just how it is. All right, that's it for the episode. Thanks for joining us. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Also, Dropkick did some good covers of like labor songs. Sure, yeah. I believe that. Yeah, it's a cool band. I like them. They're not as cool as the Pogues, who are a legit great band. Right now, the I, Pogues I'm, mashing up Mexican and Irish music. I am now like, that I am obligated to yeah, like like go. ride or die for. Because <laughs> that like that's just me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's just you. Uh huh. <laughs> let's uh, let's do top of the minute. Got one clap. clap? Just me. <laughs> Can other people not hear me? No, I everyone clapped clap. on oh, video. Oh, we did all clap. Okay. But okay, I only okay, heard gotcha. one clap. I heard one. I got gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you. I, I had one, all tabbed away, so vice, I did not one see. Clap. One, one vice, one clap. That's right. <laughs> all right. Um, this is actually very... I, now I do hope. That we get to announce. This. Yeah. So I just we just something. keep delaying, then we then we can no, uh, well, fulfill yeah. the prophecy. Exactly. <laughs> What's good, Internet? It is Friday, May 28th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 400. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Enjoy. I was expecting a pop. I was expecting someone to be like, yo, 400. Like, wow, you, needed, you needed to get, I don't keep track of these numbers. You needed well, to tell it. us. I said 400. I, I know, be a but like that, I'm just supposed to summon immediately like a, a, a balloon drop in my. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Klepik joining us. Ricardo Contreras. Rob Zachney, unfazed, unperturbed by the, the number 400. Just dropping a Kleenex. That's all I got. Well, I was just thinking like. It's a nice number. It's a good number, but a it's easier to hit when you record twice a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, it's, it's also it's inaccurate. I mean, I it's, mean that's a, the truth. Well, is we really yeah. have hit five hundred podcasts that we've done over right. the years, right? I wonder what our true number is. Pod. Is there a way to tell that in Acast, Kato? Yeah, how many uploads? Just say yeah, totally how many uploads. Uh huh. Hundred percent. Can you find that number? Yeah, let me see. However many um, podcasts you've done in your life, that's your pod score. Your pod no, score. I don't want okay, well, oh, my that. pod score. I don't want to oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't want to think about that. It drills into my brain. Thousands? It's thousands. Five, it's definitely uh, thousands. I, I mean, it's for me, actually, thousands. it would be the pod, the podcast. This pod score would still be far lower than the article score, which that would be a far more. <laughs> oh, that I'm, I'm going back to 14 at that at that point yeah, in terms of like formal bylines. Like you're done on that one. When I was yeah. 14, I did a lot of just like news grinding. Like so, I'm oh, I'm I would things. easily say in the tens of thousands at some point. Yeah. In just the Waypoint Radio feed, there are 587 things there. That makes sense. Plus the 20 from Be Good and Rewatch It then. Yeah, it's 20 in there. Watch it. Yep. Yeah. Well, some of those are overlap, but that's like 600 things, right? Yeah. That's yeah. like 600 things. That's five years of a podcast. We're coming up on five years of this thing. When when was the very first one? When was Vice Gaming's newest podcast? It must have been podcast. new podcast. It must have been... Did we do it before my, Jessica was born? She was born in August 25th. I came on a couple of weeks before that. I don't Maybe. know if we did a podcast before or after... I found it September 27th. So it was after. Yeah. September 27th. It was after you came back. Yeah. So we still got a little while to go before five years, but 
damn. Five years almost. Four and a half years. Ooh. Uh, no worries. Um, how's everyone doing? 